to the Bros Who Think podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Adam Schubert, Julian Navarre, and Justin Baptiste. And for the first time this week, guest hosting is none other than Doom. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Lyndon, whenever you're ready, brother, take it away. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy DeWitz, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Fucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 118. And look, this week we're doing a new situation. We're starting our guest host because Brooklyn had to go on a vacation for personal reasons. Shout out to my guy. He will be back later this year. Schubert will be joining us in the Bros Who Ball section. So I know you guys are wondering, well, then a lot of music's dropped, a lot of stuff's happened. Who are you gonna talk with? Well, we got a guest host who will be coming throughout the weeks in. He may be on the network permanently. We got to see what's up. It's up to him. But we got our guy, Doom, straight out of Las Vegas in the building. How you doing this week, Doom? I'm good. I'm good. What up, man? Nothing much, man. Tell the people a little bit about yourself just so they can know who's this Doom guy from Las Vegas. Because I know they're probably like, what's popping? I met you through Chrissa. You're part of SJE. Just tell them a little bit about yourself, my man. Yeah, man. So, you know, we was doing the music. Well, Chris, you know, he's still he's still booming with the music right now, man. But Big you know, I kind of I kind of stepped back from rapping and everything. And I'm focusing on the producer, man, trying to get my credits up. You know what I'm saying? So if anybody trying to link on that, definitely trying to work. You know and, what I mean? Look, I got... Let me give you a plug, because like, I don't know if niggas know, but that plus ultra beat was doomed. Like, I know niggas going to be like, wait, yes, that's my hero sample. But no, when you hear that shit switch, because I was with Chris when he was texting you about like fixing it because he was telling me about how they couldn't clear it because because uh, obviously my hero's not about to clear that so you have to you have to switch that whole shit up and that shit sounded cool my g hey appreciate that man yeah when he when he asked me to work on that i got hype i was like let's do it man yeah no it definitely came out good y'all be sure to go check out doom's work on weeb god shout out to my guy chris as well as check out anime talk but Dude, man, let's get into it. I'm glad that you're a producer. We're gonna have you. We're gonna talk about some music. We got a lot of new music to talk about. Let's start off with Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean drops his new track DHL. And look, man, I was kind of underwhelmed. I know, I know, people are gonna be like, "Well, Frank was let Frank be an artist. Let Frank get do his artistry." But I don't know if that's the move after Blonde. I like, and and it's cool to hear him rap. And like, he used to do some raps for Odd Future, but it's like. Will I ever get a pyramids again? Will I ever get a channel orange? Will we ever get nostalgia ultra? I don't know if I don't know if he can do that anymore. Right, man. I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is, bro. Frank was so legendary in his peak that everybody just we got that love for him where we give him that pass. He been slacking like blind. I don't think that was Frank. You know what I mean? He could have came. Yeah. He could have came with the Frank we used to hearing because he did it for so long. It wasn't like he one of them artists that like to you know, switch up every project. Like, Frank was Frank. He would give us Frank. Like, Lonnie Bro Collection was mad songs, all of them fire. I'm Frickin so glad you pulled that out the bag. Yo, that shit was hard, fam. Bro, every song. And it was like, what, 30 tracks or something crazy like that? Yeah, that you was know what wild. I mean? Then Nostalgia Ultra was classic. You know what I mean? Channel Orange, classic. And then he just kind of went left after that. 
But I, I, I feel like like everybody give them a pass, but we know deep down that this ain't it. You know what I mean? This ain't and, it. And, and you're low-key, that's kind of the same thing. And I know people are going to be like, gasp? But, like, we do the same thing for the weekend. Like, we do – those two are like – you know how we have Drake, Kendrick, and Cole? For R&B side, we have The Weeknd and Frank Ocean. And both those homies have not been putting out good works of art. But I do think The right. Weeknd – Breaking up with that girl, we will get in our sag bed. If you want me to be honest, I think the last great weekend album was Kissland. Even though uh the the one the Hills, whichever song the Hills was on, uh, Beautiful Before the Madness, even though that shit went right. platinum and sold that was that that was the pop record. Starboy was like the party record, which was cool, I guess. And then the last one, I liked one of the tracks, but everything else was was kind of mad. And then with Frank, Blonde was when I only like two songs off of Blonde and then Endless, I kind of liked a little more. But like I was expecting after he dropped Lens, Chanel, which I thought he dropped some some decent songs after the album. I was like, all right, so maybe Frank getting back into his bag and we get this DHL synth synth sounding slow BPM yeah. <laughs> rapping track. Yeah, man. And it's like, I want to like it so bad. It's not horrible. You know what I mean? It's not horrible. But yeah, it's, it's not like, bad. It's just not it's Frank. Not, yeah, it's not Frank. That's the only thing. Yeah, I think man. if he just went back to what we know, he would he would be out of here. He'd, yeah, be, selling, he'd be selling just as hard as anybody. And that's my thing, because we're missing that right now in the field, because there's no party. We're not, the weekends that hasn't dropped in a while. No Bryson. Like, what R&B fans are dealing with, and, and let me say this, Summer Walker's dropped an amazing, amazing album. Yeah, I was just about to say that. We're dealing with, like, YK Osiris and Jacquees calling themselves the king of R&B. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. I don't even understand how, like, this has to be clout. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I feel like they have to know that they are not on that level. Like, I start looking at the shit that they say, and I'm like, yo, they might be serious. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was just like, a, I thought it was just, you know, one of those things. Oh, I'm going to boost my numbers. I'm going to say some wild <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, but I think they for real. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> they are dead ass. That's But see, I agree with you. I think it started off as like that. But then once some some of these young kids were saying, oh, yeah, you're the king of R&B. They were like, yeah, nigga, he can't fuck with me. Fuck yeah. you, Jacquees. <laughs> oh, man, that shit is trash. And I, I want to be a Jacquees fan because he, you know, rich gang. I fuck with Birdman, that whole camp. I want him to be good. He just not, he not it. No, it's he's not. not it. No, no, he's not for me either. Let's talk about another album that dropped. Because we, well, let's, let's get to YK Osiris's album. He dropped The Golden Child. And look, I'm not going to even lie to you. I know we talking, making jokes about uh, him not being no king R&B, which he's not. I must say, though, he did make a couple good songs on the track, but I will say the album is um, average at best. Yeah, for sure. So he he definitely had a couple tracks. Like, I heard the track with Russ, and I was yeah. surprised because I'm was not a Russ fan. You see? I'm not a Russ fan at all, but, like, I feel like he killed that shit. The beat was hard. Everything was right. You know what I mean? But the album as a whole just didn't stay to that. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just a bunch of little average lovey-dovey songs. You could tell he's just trying to aim for the women. You know what I mean? 100%. You could tell he's aiming for, like, that 18 to 25. I, yeah. want, I want captions in my Instagram, captions on my Twitter, captions yeah. on Snapchat. That's what he's doing. But I was about to say, some of the standouts I had was the Rush joint. Like you said, that song is actually really damn good. Like, kudos on him. Uh, I even like the ride joint with Kehlani. Um, And then... 
I, I'm not gonna say the worth it remix that's number one because I don't like his part, but Tori ain't on that whole giving getting me excited yeah. for six tapes five. So yeah, and Tori gonna do his thing. So that he he did have good features. I'll give Osiris that. Like he knew how to place his features to where it was like okay, this not just a uh, for the big name. I'm gonna find somebody that actually sound good on this song. And yeah, so that, that shows he that, can put a song together. Yeah, he definitely could do that. Or somebody on his team know about it because yeah, it was put right. together for sure. You know and what that, I mean? And that's something that like we people don't even ca- catch sometimes. We like to, well, let me not say people. Fans don't catch sometimes. They like to believe that the artist is, oh, yeah, he does everything. But being that you're a producer, you can speak to that. A lot of these records that are being made today, I could say, ma- ma- I'm, let me not say majority, but I'm going to say 60% of the credit should go to producers most times with these specific auto-tune crooner type artists. Yeah, for sure. I feel like like the songs Osiris do, it's not bad. Like his lyrics aren't bad. His vocals aren't bad. Like he he know how to hold a note. You know what I mean? Like, but the people putting the songs together, like the producers getting the right sound, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they setting him up. Like, all he got to do is just get on there and not be horrible. And it's going to be right. Because yeah, they, they curating that shit good. You know what I mean? But do I like the overall album? This one ain't for me either. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah! This one... <laughs> we, got, we got two this ones ain't for me. You know, I'm yeah, with this you. Yeah, this one not for me. I probably won't run it back besides the uh, Rust track. I might yeah. get a Rust track a few more listens. but that, That's how I feel with it. I'm going to definitely jam that Rust track a couple more times. Uh, next album we got on the docket is the because we didn't talk about this one last week because we had a big interview with Marcel P. Black. Shout out to Marcel P. Black. Y'all be sure to go check out his album in search of the Black Messiah. But we got Wale's Wild Ass Crazy. And I'm not going to sit here and say this Wale's best album because to me, I really like the album about nothing, the whole Jerry Seinfeld joint. And I thought yeah. that should have got a lot more publicity because, I mean, like Wale always says, and I kind of scream it with him. Do y'all not realize what he did with Jerry Seinfeld? Like, that's freaking amazing. But yeah, this, that's album, crazy. this album was better than uh, the last album, Shine. I like this album a lot. He was in his, like, pro-black shit. He was, he was definitely targeting black women in this one. And, and, and I, I dug the vibe. I got to give it to him. Hell yeah, man. Anytime you can do that, like, pro-black, you know, like, that type of thing, and it don't outweigh the music. You know what I mean? Like it, it's still a vibe. I'm, I'm for it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my vibe right there. So that Wale album was a, hey, that was a one. I think that's his number two album. Right after album. I might be with you. I might be with you on that one because it's either, it's either th- this one or Gifted for me. I, I would have to go back and listen to uh Gifted because he had, he might not have had these deeper songs, but he had some cold. Like that's when Wale was trying to prove he was the best rapper alive, like better than Kendrick and them. And he had yeah. some bars on that on that bitch. What are some of your favorite songs off of the uh, Wild Ass Crazy Joint? Man, the intro, like the yeah, intro when me. when the when the intro came on, man, I was like, okay, I see what he's doing. Because normally, like if I notice if al- like artists don't feel like their albums are strong, they'll place the hard tracks like right at that third to fourth slot so you could kind of get the vibe at, at the beginning and then by the time you get to three or four you like okay this shit is hard it make you feel like you you know you in the experience but when he started it off with the intro i was like okay i see what he's doing he he coming all out you know what i mean and yeah. he did like the beat no, selection was nice features was nice the sound was nice like it didn't sound like everything else out there but it was still hard 
Yeah, it sounded like Barry Wale, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. But but Wale in 2019, I definitely love Sumi. I gotta give shouts to uh the Bryson Tiller joint. I love to hear Tiller on tracks again. We ready for that album, Tiller. Also, I like the the Kelly Price joint. That one was hard. And I got another. I, I like Love Me Nina, Routine, and Fifty in the Safe. Got to give Wale credit for this album, man. This shit was nice. Hell yeah. What's the What's the lead single on the track? You know which one I'm talking about. The Oh, the On Chill joint with Jeremiah. That's in the radio. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. I hope I hope it take off for him because I've been I've been rooting for him, man. Like he he one of those artists. Like he feel like he never got the respect that he deserved, and I feel like he might be getting that kind of reception with this one. You know what I mean? Look, let me say this. I work at, and you know how Lafayette is. I work at 107.9, and Wale's on chill is getting spun a lot. Like, and to say, and to say that he hasn't had a song play on the mainstream top 40 rap station since like Body, the one with Rihanna. Yeah. Or bad, no bad. It's bad, not Body. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm with you on this. I hope he takes off because Wale, Wale, it's, it's time to give this man his flowers because he's he, he if he continues on this path, he's on. He'll be one of those artists that like his cult following will be like, man, you know, that time when Drake, J. Cole and Kendrick were coming out, the fourth best guy was this guy Wale and everybody would be like, wait, what? And it'll only be his core fans that'll be pushing that narrative if he doesn't get his flowers at some point. If he, You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. He I feel like he got him with this one. I just hope that his singles take off. He had the the, the club one. I keep forgetting what it is, like Black Girl Magic or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that one, that one is on there. BG, yeah, Black Girl Magic like, is up on here. Bro, I hope that that like catch in the club. Like, I feel like now that it's not summer, you know what I mean. Like, when you go out for the nightlife, it's not really the turn up shit all the time. Like, sometimes you yeah. gotta have those little vibe songs in that season. You know what I mean? He dropped it at the right time, so I'm hoping that catch. It's the I'm perfect fall time, winter. Like, let's we're going out. It's not too yeah. hot. It's not too cold. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, feel, I know exactly what you're talking and about. And he he's so underappreciated, man. I just hope that this shit catch so people can start to realize, like, yo, we really had one of those talents in our generation because not a lot of people can do what Wale do. I really feel yeah. like he one of those rappers. Like, you you're not gonna get another Wale for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, you only have a certain amount of Kendricks and. Coles in a generation and Wale in there so I feel like we gotta appreciate that he in there because it might be a minute especially with the way rap moving before yeah. we get that again before you know what I mean po- that poetry lyricist yeah. no I know exactly what you're talking about and that's an interesting point because at the trajectory that rap is in and look there are definitely lyrical artists out there now that are in the new generation like the J.I.D.'s the Earth Gangs but in terms of the majority, the majority are becoming auto-tune crooners, following the footsteps that Wayne said that Thug picked up Future, yep. and so on and so on to the Uzis, the Travises, and, and whatnot. Do you feel that in maybe, let's say, the next decade, that lyricism will be one of those, like, I don't want to say, what's the word I'm looking for? That lyricism will be in the back, it's already in the back of people's minds, but do you think it will become kind of how when R&B was in the 90s, it was at its highest, and then now R&B's kind of looked at as kind of like a small subsect of hip-hop? Like, do you think that lyricism will be looked at as like a small subsect of, like, hip-hop that has, like, this cult following that's not necessarily in the mainstay? I think it's already there. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think, like, all of the mumble rappers and those type of dudes, like, when they first came out, that was like, I'm, I'm, they close to a decade run now. Like, it's been a minute since that type of rap Has. started coming in. So I think, like, with these young guys that's coming up, or that was coming up in that era, they getting older. You know what I mean? So that's all they know. Like, that other shit, they don't really like it. I don't know why, like, it don't connect with most people, but... Because the music be good. Like, I feel like Wale album is one of those albums I don't understand how you could play it and think it's trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just in my, my opinion. Like, I just don't see if you a rap fan, how that comes on, and you like, yo, this is trash. It's just impossible. You know what I mean? No, I know but, exactly what you're talking about. And I think, let me give another young boy's credit, YB and Corday. I think he's pushing that that narrative of being like a lyricist. And him, along with J.I.D., but for every one of those, there's like five gunners. Like, there's a new one of those dudes every day. Right. And you got to notice that those those Cardays and those guys, like, they still move in that culture forward. But they not on that level of the gunners and the thugs. And, like, those dudes are, like, megastars. That's like yeah. a – there's a big market for that. And the lyricism lane, I don't know. People don't want to consume that now. I, I don't – and if you're a lyricist, you kind of have to at least have one Drake type song in the sense of an R&B hip hop collab where you get with someone who can sing that. That's like, all right, I'll get the mainstream's attention. But then if y'all like that song enough, y'all will listen to my album and, and maybe you'll put me in the category where you have the J. Coles in the wild. And that's kind of what the Cordays are banking on, not from necessarily guys like us, but from the mainstream public. Right. Like. You got to think that these, these guys, they they businessmen, you know what I mean? So, like, if the market, if the consumers aren't saying we want the lyrical miracle rap, a lot of these dudes, they'll be like, yo, the bag is way bigger if I just throw this auto-tune on, give me a nice little trap beat and do what they doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's like, you got to you gotta battle that. Like, if you're going to stay true to the art and do what you feel is good music, the bag might be way less significant than if you was out here, you know, making. And it might not come as fast as, and it might not come as fast as you think. But see, I think that goes into a whole other conversation of: Do you want the fast money, or do you want to lay the foundation? Maybe take, maybe not get paid for like one, two, three, four, five years, but then have the fortitude not to quit at year five and maybe get your blessing in year six that starts to push you along for seven, eight, nine, ten. And then you're someone who's had a 10 year run that has a consistent fan base that you may not be making oozy money, but you'll be making like if a great example of this is Freddie Gibbs. You'll be at almost at that Freddie Gibbs level to where now you're starting to take off. Yeah, people have talked about you for a bit. Yeah, you've maybe had good projects that have bubbled in the in the national perspective of hip hop fans, but now you're starting to get the recognition of like, yo, this dude's really ill. Let's give him more attention. And I think Freddie's a great example to that. And I think it goes about your career trajectory. Do you want to do what ride the wave almost, or maybe not ride the wave, but stay in that same vein, but maybe get a little bit out of out of range of who some of these guys are and and do the internet clout chasing and get on and be on for a year, two years, three years, four, and then maybe fizzle out. We've seen multiple cases of that now with guys like Designer. I mean, Uzi still hasn't dropped. We don't know what his numbers will look like when he comes back, and I know a lot of his fans are getting upset. 
or you can have the career like Freddie Gibbs where you start off in the early 2010s and now at the end of the decade, 10 years later, you're finally bubbling on. Right. And it's it's just about how hard you want to work, I think, because if you if you prove that you're good, I think Cole is the perfect example of that like he's a lyrical guy. Like you don't go to Cole for the club record or the party song, but he started to realize like, yo, the, the game kind of shifting. I got to stay in True there. So yeah. he he can get in the trap stuff <clears throat> and he can still. You know what I mean? He can still eat in that lane because he's good enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he don't have to get on a trap song and have auto tune and go crazy. Like he got the that single with Thug and Travis Scott. He murdered that, and yes, that was did. like, that was like, you know what I mean? That was a current trap record, but yeah, he still stayed true to. Yeah, he stayed. He stayed true to Cole, and I think that's all you gotta do if you wanna do both. You know what I mean? You just gotta be good enough. Like yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm like an advocate for like you gotta still have some type of respect for the craft. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of dudes that aren't musicians at all, and they're successful because they know how to do the, you know, the new school nonsense. You know, how to you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like I think a lot of these dudes, they got potential to have a solid career because a lot of them can rap. They just conform to the sound you know what i mean and that is true you see that with guys like for example um with uh uzi has some bars uh but he chooses to stay like when he wants to rap he can rap uh juice world is a great we see juice world freestyle for damn near two hours at points in time so that shows me he has the ability to rap but he's doing what sounds good at the time and he yeah he throws some bars in there to be like i can rap nigga but like i agree with you if some of these guys, I think, should show more of their natural rapping ability. And look, this year was kind of good for, I guess, the more traditional rapper. Because I'd say the baby is less of a mumble rapper and more of a traditional rapper. Same thing goes for Meg The Stallion. So, And I'd say they had the two biggest years of 2019. So maybe that's showing where we're going. Yeah, I think we, we definitely going in a good direction. I think now because so many people dropping music that even the... Uh, I don't know, like the club, the fun music that's not really built on lyrics. It's like there's so much out there that you still got to spit if you want to really break through the noise. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's 10,000 mumble rappers, but not too many people can do what the baby and Meg is doing. You know what I mean? Like because they yeah. actually saying shit on the song. They're so I do like that. It's making club bangers. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like the game kind of leveling out. It was like, OK, we had. A nice run of this mumble rap, that type of stuff. And then now it's not really exciting. Now what y'all what y'all gonna do next? And they like, okay, now we gotta we gotta actually put yep. some bars on this. So I'm I'm with it. I like the baby big time. Me too, man. The baby is probably my favorite new artist out right now. For like sure. he is definitely doing some cool stuff. Him and him and Meg as well. Let's get to something that's that's not necessarily look, I don't even know how to transition into this, but yo. Tank was wildin', fam. How can you say that, t- bro? Okay, so let me just say what Tank said, but let me give a a disclaimer first. <laughs> all the all the LGBT community that listen to this podcast, y'all know the deal. We're not even. If you guys want to want to get married, if you guys want to live your lives, live your lives. I support you guys. I'm gonna stand with you guys when them when I'm not gonna even say a, a race or anything, but when the man tells you no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, I'm fighting sure. with you. But 
I got to say, Tank is sounding wild, man. Tank said that if a man sucks a dick once and doesn't like it and tries it again just to make sure, you're not gay. And look, I don't know about that. Is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That what, is crazy, bro. You you're from here. Where we from, man? It's like I don't know, bro. You you suck one dick, you kind of gay, bro. It's no way in hell that he was for real. He was dead ass. He, he had to get caught up into something, and now he's trying to, you know, cover up. It gotta be because I don't <laughs> think you just saying that and you believe it. It's no way. <laughs> The he way, got caught up in some shit for sure. The way he said that shit was hilarious. And look, I'm, I saw my girl was on Facebook last night scrolling through some shit, and she saw one of these people in in Lafayette was like, "Yo, free R. Kelly, y'all could take Tank's dick sucking ass." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that's crazy. Yo, that's crazy. That's absolute black women in the love for R. Kelly. I don't get it, but yo, Tank, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna just say. For me, I, I ain't I ain't sucking a dick once. No, like, sir. No, yeah, that ain't no, going sir. down. Like, That's not even a thought that go through your head. Yeah. I don't even know why he thought that was cool to say. <laughs> I don't know, what... man. The world getting crazy. <laughs> something something happening. Something you... crazy is happening, bro. All right, let's look at this from like a uh, a, a music perspective because we, we, we're we going to talk about Kanye next. I, I didn't have it on the... Uh, booking but i just remembered about his album dropping kanye has done a lot of stuff for marketing purposes in terms of jesus is now and all of that do you think tank is maybe marketing to the lgbt community by saying that or do you think that was just like a slip like because i'm trying to put some 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 logic behind it unless he truly believes that and if he does that's cool like i'm not i'm not down in what you believe my brother if that's what you believe in and that's how you feel you, you may be bisexual cool live your truth but you can't masquerade as a straight man and then come say some shit like that. Yeah. Like, like, that's it, my it's, thing. It's one of two things, bro. Either that was a marketing tactic. He just said some shit to rile people's feathers. Or he really into that kind of thing and he feel like I can he market make it to acceptable? that. Well, not just that. I feel like, like, because everything that these dudes say that's wild like this, I automatically think it's some marketing deal. You know what I mean? Because that's that's the way to get something popping. Like if you got something dropping, like let's say he got an album dropping in a couple weeks, the perfect way to get people talking about you trying to see what you're doing is to say something crazy. So I feel like they just say crazy shit that they might not even necessarily believe just to, you know, get some traction to whatever they doing. Or I feel like he just really got caught up doing some gay shit and now he trying to. You know, nah, nah, I'm, I'm straight. I'm straight. I just, yeah. you know, that was a one-time thing. Like, nah, bro. It's one or two, and e either one of them is bullshit. So I ain't, I ain't with none of that. Yeah, no, I'm I with ain't you with on none that. of that. I'm with you on that 150 percent. Tank, I don't know what you're doing, my brother, but whatever it is, just be honest with yourself, my G, because, because like I, I ain't rocking with that either. <laughs> and yo, the fact oh. that that, the fact that that black lady said, uh, get rid of R. Kelly's ass, we get, give us R. Kelly back and get rid of Tank's dick oh, sucking yeah, ass. They, yo, they that's wild, fam. I don't get why uh, African-American women cap for R. Kelly so much. Like, I know it's not just her. I know multiple women that are still like, oh, R. Kelly's telling the truth. But the thing is, man, like, I feel like in the, like, in hood people, like, people that's really from the hood, that's from the streets, like, those type of situations is not crazy. 
You know what I mean? As fucked up as that sound, like I feel like there's a lot of times that it just older dudes in- mess with young girls. You know what I mean? And maybe not like super young, like they was accusing R. Kelly of. Like 12, 13 is a little crazy. Like that's wild. But like I feel like it's not really weird to see like a dude that's like in his 20s to mess with a girl that's maybe 17. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that, and that's something that and that at least and let me and this is something why I know is in the African American community, I can see what you're saying because if that were to happen, I don't necessarily I see the parents not going to the cops at all unless it's like serious, serious business that they don't fuck with. Nine times out of ten, they'll either go talk to him or they'll talk to her. Like when it's black on black, they treat that a little different. Yeah. And, and I, they're not they're not jumping to calling the cops because their daughter's boyfriend is older. I definitely know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And especially in this situation, because you got to think, like, if it was somebody, you know, maybe don't come from a lot of money, and they, you know, your daughter, like, yo, I'm going to R. Kelly's studio. People looking at the bag. And I know that sounds oh, fucked yeah. up, but I'm, no, I'm trying to think about people I know that's in those kind of situations. And I'm like, yo, would they really stop their daughter from going to R. Kelly's studio? Like, it's not like he was saying, oh, come over here, I'm about to you know, smash your daughter type shit. Like he probably was, you know, like come drop a song. That's exactly what happened. And no, there's proof that there's people's parents were definitely trying to get the bag. And that's why, that's why I say every, if, everybody got to go to jail. Since everybody who R. Kelly was just letting that, who was just watching and turning a blind eye, the churn parents, like the only people that are not wrong in this situation are the girls. Everybody else to me is wrong. Yeah, and R. they're Kelly wrong. Is, is like at the top of that list. And bro, once I found out that like cuz this was kind of common knowledge, but once I found out that dude was doing crazy shit like he had like beds in the studio and shit. Like I'm like, yeah. yo, this nigga was nasty. Like in the producer I don't understand. Even do nothing. He was just like, "Oh yeah, this is this is just uh kills." <laughs> yeah, bro. Like I'm trying to picture like think about if you like a engineer or something in the studio, <laughs> you come to work and this nigga doing this shit. Like I'm trying to put myself in this situation. I'm like, yo, one or two things will have to happen. You got to chill or I'm out. Like, there's no way I'm just letting this, you know, go like this. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. He got to, like, I don't care what homeboy said. R. Kelly got to stay in that bitch for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got to, he got to, he definitely got to stay there. But next up, speaking of Kanye, I want to ask you to get your perspective on this because the, the viewers know how I feel. Look. I felt that this whole from the MAGA and and I always say this, I have no no I have no problem if you believe in wanting to vote for Trump. If like that's your that's your personal opinion. We can agree to disagree. But the way and I know people are like, well, that's what Kanye was doing. No, that's not what Kanye was doing. Kanye was trying to sell to the Republican base. And then he said, wild shit about slavery to rile up African-Americans. And then he tried to fix it all by by going to the one thing that African-Americans always forgive, which is Jesus and religion. But at the same time, still saying MAGA shit to say, yo, no, white people, I'm, I'm still here for you guys. I'm just trying to get these blacks to hush up because they love Jesus. I'm not listening to that Jesus King album. I'm not. I'm going to get Schubert to listen to it. I'll probably get yourself to listen to it, but uh, unless you don't want to. If you don't want to, then we'll get our white co-host to listen to it, and he'll definitely <laughs> listen to it. But no, man, I, I can't I can't support that. I really can't. Bro, and that comes it's, out this Friday. It's really bad. Like, And the crazy thing is, like, the MAGA shit didn't really upset me because I'm, I'm kind of like, like... If that's I'm what you believe, like, that's what you believe. And, and not even that. More so, I think, like, 
he might actually believe that. Like, I really think he 100% oh, he believes that. But I feel like he knows that making that belief public is just like what we was talking about. Like, that's how he breaks through the noise. He's done that his entire career. You know what I mean? Like, he's actually a genius with doing that. Like, Kanye, one of those people, he can go back, he can be quiet for a whole year. And he like, oh, I got this album dropping next month. And he know how to get everybody going crazy. It also you know helps I mean? that you know one hundred percent, and it also helps that he has the hardest woman working in entertainment, Chris Jenner, behind him. So that's a yep. whole machine with him. Yep. And I know she's helping him strategize. Like, yo, Kanye, don't do this. Watch. I, I, I can guarantee that she was the one to tell him be quiet after the maga shouldn't go to Jesus. I could believe it. She was like, bro. Kanye, your religious stuff always works. Go to that for a little bit, bro. It's fucking sick, dog. Like, it is. It's nasty, I, bro. Bro, I can't like. Religion, I feel like under no circumstance should be something that you like manipulate. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not even like crazy religious. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not hardcore religious, but it's just like I know not to fuck with that. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't do that. And that's why I have problems with mega churches, all these mega pastors. I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate any of that shit because I feel like they're playing on people's emotions. And for Kanye to do that. And at first, in the way he did it, like he tried to be slick. At first, it was, oh no, we're just gonna play a couple of Jesus records with these with these R&B songs. And I'm gonna get the choir to remix these R&B songs. Then it went from, oh yeah, no, no, I'm gonna just play just gospel stuff here with like some of my rap stuff. Then it's like, oh no, no, I'm gonna play all gospel and we are gonna make it a church service and raps now devil music that I'm disclaiming. Like, what the fuck kind of transition is that? While the whole time you're selling church merch and you're trying to. It's just bro, na- it's nasty, man. It's sick, bro. And it's crazy because I didn't even know this, but like apparently, like that that mega church deal, like that's like a freaking ninety billion dollar industry. Like I don't know what it yeah. is, but they Yo, know how to just manipulate people into giving up their money, and that's that's nasty. Like I feel like it's only supposed to be like there's a reason it's ten percent of your tides. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's supposed to like because back in the day, like when you you know we talk in a small neighborhood church, that was to keep the lights running, have yeah, food the for the service food, yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's for. These niggas is just like I'm going crazy, doing all kind of crazy shit. If real shit, if you want to get a laugh, I don't know if you like Danny McBride, and this is to all the listeners out there. There's a good show that kind of show that makes fun of. Exactly what we're talking about. It's called Righteous Gemstones. It has Danny McBride, John Goodman, and uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics. And they're all three. They're all uh, John Goodman's the father, and Danny McBride and Adam Devine are brothers. And they're all for this mega church family. And it just shows the shit they're getting into and how they're not really religious. That show is hilarious, man. Yeah, it, it describes all of this shit we're talking about. But back to the point at hand, like you said, and that shit isn't cool. And Kanye sees that not only is it a 90, uh, a million or would, would you say 90 billion 90 billion yeah not only is it a 90 that's a crazy billion, number bro let me give you the other the other kicker that why kanye is doing this because if you start to be a, a, a religion or you start to do religion you know you get a tax break yeah so i mean he's he doing this for tax kanye trying to save his money bro trying kanye yeah. trying to do tax break because he got to pay so much in taxes and he trump I, I could yo let me get even sicker with you i could believe that trump was like hey kanye if you want to start a, a, a religion and a, do get a get a cult like thing going, you know you get that tax break. I could believe it because they meet all the time. That they're I, dr- yeah, bro. Dragon, indri- dra- bro. Ugh, dragon energy. 
Bro, and you gotta think like these are businessmen. Like Kanye yeah. has has already, and the reason why Kanye hasn't been Kanye is because he done elevated past that rapper thing. Like I feel like he uses rap as a promotion tool for whatever else he got going. But yeah, that dude is a businessman. Like the level of business that he getting into, that's when you get into that corrupt, crazy shit where, like you said, tax breaks and shit. Like, I definitely wouldn't be surprised that he got it from Trump, because we looking at the master of that game. Like, Trump huh. is the smartest man alive when it comes to that kind of shit. Like, this man he literally... Yeah, he he bought his way into the White House. <laughs> like, bro, you can say whatever you want to say. Trump is a legendary man. Yeah. Still disgusting, still all of those things. But he's fucking legendary, bro. Like, his business mind is crazy. And if and he put Kanye on game... He's one of the most infamous figures. That, and that's why I get what you're saying. Legendary. Like, you can be legendary, but still not be worth a shit. But yeah, he's one of... Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with you 100%. Bro, he, he doing some crazy shit. It's like, right when I think, like, it's no way this nigga gonna be able to do this. He do it. And then yep, up it. Like, he, he go a step further. You know what I mean? Like... Yep. No, one hundred percent. And he's still tweeting while, even though that's them, them, they're trying to impeach his ass right now. He's just like, "Oh, let this happen again, and let there be a Democratic president with Republicans. We're getting his ass out of here. We're gonna." I was like, "Yo, bro, and the base, what you doing, bro? I don't even know how this nigga even has staff left. Like, I feel like every day I get online, he done fired somebody else. They say one thing he don't like, and they gone, bro. This nigga is untouchable." You gotta if you, if you with me, you gotta ride with me. He he run he running it like a gang. If you, you exactly can't speak out me, no one bro, it's crazy when you can say like, oh, you want to investigate me, nigga? You fired. Fuck an investigation, <laughs> and nobody say nothing. Like he get away with it. Like that shit is crazy, bro. No, I'm with you on that. Let's jump to something a little more lighthearted. We're gonna. This is something that we, me and I'm. I'm glad that Doom's here on with me this this week to discuss this because this is something I wanted to discuss last week, and it pertains to not just the region I'm discussing. It pertains to the topic overall, and I want to talk about lists. So I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna zero in on the the idea of a local list, but for everybody that's not necessarily in Lafayette. This is a broader discussion on are lists important? Should we focus on making lists? And and when I say making lists, I'm talking about being placed on a list, whether that's best artist in your region, whether that's best podcaster, whether that's best media, whether that's best lawyer, whatever your profession may be, should you be concerned with being on list? And my whole thing with that, and local list to be more specific, because if it's if it's a Forbes list, yeah, my ass wants to be on it. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. if it's a if it's a local list like Best in Lafayette of such and such, I don't necessarily feel that certain people, whether that's an artist or a media person, should get their head down if they make not make that list. Because at the end of the day, I'm competing with the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the Joe Buttons of the world, the Joe Rogans of the world. I want to be mentioned on a list with those names. I don't really care. Like, yeah, it'd be cool if I was mentioned as best in my city, but that's not necessarily what I'm I'm going for because we're in the internet. You can have your base doesn't necessarily have to be your home city. Shout out to Dallas and Houston. They're our biggest fan bases who listen to this podcast. Shout out to you guys. And that's no slight on Baton Rouge or Lafayette. That's just facts. I, I see the numbers every day. So the point that I'm trying to make is you can make it from wherever you're at now. So if you're not bubbling locally, don't get down on yourself. Just grind harder to where they have no choice but to put you on a list. I, that's just my thoughts on it. Exactly. How you feel about the whole local I, list thing? 
I don't think people should be worried with lists, even even the big lists. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's like it it's like okay, people will make a list, and I, I'm always looking at things from like okay, who who made this and what are their motives? Because they're yeah. pushing something. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's a it's a business thing, like. Nine times out of ten, like ninety percent of the list that came out, just whether it was rappers, singers, whatever the list was about, you know what I mean. I feel like every list always had a crazy controversial pick. You yes. know what I mean? On or, or multiple, yeah. Just that I that talking I feel about like it. yeah, exactly. I'm like, yo, it's no way people believe this. You know what I mean? Like, shout out the dudes who made the list where they put uh Joe Button number three. Yeah, but I'm just like, yo. <laughs> Even if he was nice, I never was a Joe Button fan, like a fan of his rap music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, I could, I could respect that he could rap. You know what I mean? But it, it just wasn't my music. You know what I mean? Yeah, it but wasn't our cup of tea. No, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, there's a couple of Joe songs that I'm like, yo, I jam that, and it was more towards like Rage in the Machine towards the end and the Slaughterhouse stuff. But like I'm nowhere a Joe Button fan, and I know damn well that he's not number three, and he even he knows he's not number three. Exactly, exactly. And like I feel like they put that on that list just to make it blow up. And, and now yeah, they like Joe's hot right now. Exactly. Exactly. And then now you got Joe talking about it. And now people are like, okay, who made that list? What they doing? Oh, they got a podcast. Let me check their shit out. It's it's the perfect marketing shit. Like everything that's like nasty in the world is marketing. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? Like, and that's definitely what those lists do. So I feel like, okay, now that you put Joe at number three, that might have kicked somebody out the top five who probably got crazy feelings about this list. Now they head all fucked up off of what they trying to do because they don't think they on the top of a list and it's like nah dude just put the list out to promote his podcast you know what i mean yeah like, exactly don't get, don't get too caught up in that kind of shit man i don't i don't really like the list and it's all about perspective too like if somebody was even making a serious list like it's too many too many parameters to art to say this person is the best you know what i mean exactly like you can have you your personal have your... fave but you... Or you can do it by like a, a criteria where it's like, but even that is still all opinion based because there's no way. The only way you'll do a list that's factual based if you say it's by sales and then you just and, and you throw out everything else. But other than that, I'm with you. Everything's opinion based. It's your faves or who you in a artistic way consider makes the best music. But at the end of the day, that's opinion. Whereas with other things like sports and like television shows you can judge that even though television shows people be like well that's artistic but you can judge it by the amount of viewers that they have and the amount of seasons that they go and then just the narrow to narrow uh the tone and the and everything that people are saying about it but with music it's a little more subject subjective because there could be someone that loves this artist and they could have the person right next to them that can't stand that artist so it's it's more subjective than other mediums that we that we judge for sure bro especially like for rap I feel like there's so many artists out there that have like they they got a they hit a small niche and their people are you know cult Big fans. fans. Like, and then if you throw I'm it to about... the whole decades worldwide, it's like yo, there's so many different criteria because Eric B and Rakim sound different than Curtis Blow, who sounds different than Jay Z, who sounds different from Lil exactly. Wayne. So it's exactly. like what how, what are you judging these people on? Are you judging exactly. them the same? Because if you do, the Curtis Blow niggas can't be on the same list as those other dudes. They just exactly. can't. And, but, but that's why I say that's too many parameters. Because I feel like those people, they work their way in the top because of their contribution. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because they were the people, first. Especially like in that Curtis Blow era, like those are people that kind of moved rap to even be a genre. You know exactly. what I mean? So like those people, you just feel like, yo, I got to have a lot of respect. But I feel like when you really thinking about it, like, okay, was Curtis Blow really messing with Kendrick? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, bro. You know what I mean? Like, like it's no not, way. it's no way. But everything is subjective. It's all about what you put the weight on. Uh, you know, like your, your yeah, vote. Yeah, your personal preference. Your vote holds a bunch of, a lot of weight in different areas. So the thing that's important to you, you might rank somebody high. And I might be like, yo, that I don't even like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, don't get caught up in lists. Lists is not. Fact, it's not yeah. something that you need to be worried about as the creative or whatever field you're in. Let other people put you on the list because you're doing well. And if you're not on the list, don't complain about it. Just motivate yourself to work harder and just keep that in the back of your mind. Like, yo, I was on this list. Don't worry. Next year they're gonna see I'm I stepped up fifty million times and I and I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about getting to the next level. You know what right. I mean? Like focus on yourself and focus on your grind. Right. Bro, cause I seen recently, I don't know if you've seen it, there's the list of like the top fifty worst rappers. Oh, I circulating see. around. <laughs> yeah, and bro, I like I was looking at a lot of the dudes on there and I'm like, yo, I can I can agree with that. But <laughs> you gotta think though, bro, even those dudes, like I don't know them personally, obviously, but I'm saying like I could put money that they probably felt a certain way about being on that list. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got Mago, Blueface, Lil Yachty, Son of a Vegas. Blueface, perfect example, bro. He one of them dudes, everybody, since he came out, they was like, yo, he don't rap on beat, he trash, he can't, you know, like that type of shit. But he can go on tour right now and sell out all his shows. Yep, so I'm just I, like, who give a fuck if you on the worst rapper list? Like, and then they have G Herbo above Iggy Azalea. Like, that's that's just for clout, bro. That's yeah. just to get the like you're saying certain names. Like you say, like I'm not a Lil Yachty fan, but I'm not gonna sit here and say Lil Yachty is is worse than Iggy Azalea and Nick Cannon. Like, dog, you tripping? Yeah. So that's like that's just to get clout behind these people's names, like the Lil Yachtys, like the G Herbos, like some other people on this list, like. Even though Bird Birdman isn't necessarily the best rapper, I don't know if he should be at twenty four ahead of, like, who's who's ahead of him? Like G Herbo should not be ahead of Birdman. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Like Iggy Azalea shouldn't be twenty six when freaking G Herbo Birdman. I even like Playboy Cardi are ahead of him. Like that's that. This is just for clout. Bro, a hundred percent. And I know Louisiana people was mad. I see Webby was like 36 or something like that. And people was sharing it, going hard about Webby being on that list. Cause you know, people in Louisiana, nigga, Webby and that true right. fan era, they was they, he was crazy. You know what I mean? So and it's yo, like you can tell that shit. Just honest, if I'm being honest, and I'm gonna ask you this question, just a sidebar for our Louisiana audience. Best rappers in Louisiana, I go Wayne. This is always the hard one. Some days um, I switch my two and three, but Gates currency, and then you could throw in the Boosie. Like I don't, I, bro, I'm not the biggest fans of Boosie and Webby because their sounds have always been the same. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. I just I came up in that era. I'm a big <laughs> Webby and Boosie fan. You know what I mean? Like Trill Fam. I was the same era with like uh, all that Trill Family shit when we was growing up. Clubs going, clubs booming with that shit. Like Zoom, I and the, all the little dances that niggas had yeah, in, the, in the shit with Zoom. I'm in the back hollering what a pill man at. All that shit was that era. 
But I don't know, man. Like, I was rocking with Dwayne and the currency at that time. Yeah, and I mean, I feel you on that because, like, I always knew that rap-wise, like, if we just talking raw rap skill, like, they weren't crazy. You know oh, what no, I mean? No, no, no. They just bought the party. Yeah, bro. Like, and I remember, like, seeing them make it on, like, 106 and Park when White Me Down came on there. And I was like, okay, somebody from where Where I'm from did that. So I was all for it. You know what I mean? Like, because it's crazy, bro, especially, like, because that was really before, like, social media was like it is now and the internet was so crazy like yeah, that was right now game. you could just you you could upload straight to spotify now you know what i mean but it's like mm-hmm. that was being on 106 on the park. radio exactly like, bro shit, shit. yeah no I, I, bro. I, I see where you're coming from yeah you gotta respect that yeah bro they they really did it like seeing them dudes at the bt awards and shit was crazy even though webby did get kicked out I don't know what the fuck he did to this day, but he got kicked out. But seeing him actually make it there and everybody was on Wipe Me Down, because, like, back then I felt like that was ours. That was our sound. You know what I mean? That was us. So, like, to see it actually make it to where, like, everybody was on it, that was that was legendary to me. I'm going to forever have. They will never make a worse list, for sure. No, I'm Nobody okay. Nobody in I agree with I agree with that. They should never make a worse list. I'm with you on that, because they, they showed... They took what Master P did, the blueprints of what Scarface and what all the Houston niggas did, and and they took it to a new heights. Like yep. I gotta give them, yeah, you gotta give them credit for that one. And they they put the area on the map because I think yeah. without that movement, there's no gates, there's no yeah. young boy. No, I'm because that's you. that's all they lane. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Because they which we didn't we didn't talk about the young boy album earlier, but I actually like. Oh, really? oh shit! I let's like let's it. talk about it because I didn't I didn't tell you to listen to that and I forgot about it. Okay. Let let me pull this up on my uh my Apple Music just for all the young boy fans because I know he sold to say he a young nigga and sold a hundred k straight off of no publicity no nothing like that he, you got to give that man his credit and he has real fans that's what that tells me bro and I will say that like when he first came out I was nervous you know what I mean because it's mm-hmm. like just like I was saying about the Trill Fam thing like everybody from Louisiana f- from that area like if you gonna really try to do it. I want to I want you to represent us, you know what I mean? Like yeah, put on for us put in on, a good way. I, yeah. And he came out and I wasn't so at first. But each project he got a little better, a little better. And now this project, I think he like at top level. Like he he I feel like you could throw him in there with the gates. You could throw him Ooh, in there. Okay. I'm a, like I'm he, a kinda, he's, he's I'm made a it though. No, I'm gonna kind of go with you. My thing with that is I think you're right cuz when I first heard Young Boy, my little brother and my cousin they were always like, yo, Lynn, I know you do that podcast. You better check out NBA Youngboy. You better check out NBA Youngboy, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, if y'all niggas don't shut the fuck up, <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about this, this nigga NBA Youngboy. And then I finally gave him a shot. I went listened through all his shit. I was like, this dude's okay. He's not what niggas saying, but I get it. And then this album, it sold me. Like, it definitely sold me. I'm not going to say his best album of the year like I've been seeing from people or saying this nigga's the GOAT, but I will yeah. say... That this album had some damn good songs on it, and I'm proud of the young boy for what he did, and he's putting on for the for the state pretty well. To say oh. he's not doing the clout chasing shit, I got to give him credit for that. And selling a hundred k, that means you have good music. That's exactly what I was about to say. And he took the Louisiana sound and kept raw to it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it sound like some trail fam type shit. You know what I mean? And like. I don't know. I just because I'm from there, I got that bias. But like, 
I root for anything that's like that. You know what I mean? Because I yeah, feel we like gotta, when I gotta support the uh, bro, home state for sure. Exactly. Like I hear Young Boy, and that shit give me that old Trill Fam feel. But it's it it sound good. Like it's it's polished, bro. It sound just as good as anything else in the mainstream. And his numbers are legendary, bro. Like he they re- he has the better numbers out of like in terms of first week. I know Gates is booming now, but. It, it's it's like it's like you said, Boosie Webby. They started it, maybe not the best of numbers, but enough to be on the national mainstay. Right. Kevin Gates takes the torch, puts it up a little higher, and then or more higher because shit, he was nominated for a Grammy. And then you got right. Young Boy taking this first album out the gate, going to hundred K. You got to oh. give him props for that. Exactly, bro. And I think whoever on his team is working this shit, I don't know what kind of magic they doing, bro. But this nigga, like. They release his YouTube numbers, and he's doing like thirty oh, yeah, more did, million views a month than Post Malone. Did, That's yeah, crazy. Say, didn't he? Didn't he have like the biggest YouTube streams like the, this past bro. month, or it was yeah, something bro. like that? And he's been like, holding oh. it down for like the past few months. Like he's been the most streamed artist on YouTube, like out yeah, of anybody. I'm glad you brought this up because now nah, we got to get this man his flowers. Because I totally heard that and, I, and it shocked me. And I knew I thought about that, but like now nah, I'm glad you brought this back up because for him to have the highest YouTube streams, more than Post, more than Drake, more than like there's artists out there who have a lot, a lot of YouTube streams. You got to get that man his credit. And like we said, off of no publicity, the only publicity he gets is when he does some dumb shit. But in terms of him saying shit, he don't say nothing. He's quiet. He makes his music and go about his business. Oh, and that's why I respect it, because he doing it off of being him. Like it's no clout chasing shit. Like he he's still one of them dudes like he he real, you know, how Louisiana street niggas is like. Even to this day, like it's 2019 and niggas still don't fuck with that internet shit. You know what I mean? Like, and the fact that young boy only do it because it's his job now, you could tell that there's somebody like on his team, like, okay, you gotta go on live today. Like, you got, cause I feel like he'd be too busy actually doing street nigga shit. Like, he a real street nigga. And yep. it's genuine. It's not like fake shit. So I think well, that's yeah, like what... you're just putting guns in a video just to get exactly, niggas to talk bro. about it. Like, nah, he exactly. not doing he not putting nothing in his video because he not trying to get the cops on. Exactly. And that's how you know that whatever he got going is for real. Cause that's only niggas who caught up in crazy shit that's never gonna be on social media. You know what I mean? No, I'm especially with you. these these new niggas, because they get caught up with everything. Like Kodak got caught up with yeah. that shit a while back like bro street online. niggas should not be on the internet and it's mostly <laughs> like you said is the young is the young dude yeah so that, that's how i could tell he real i, I really like young boy I i'm think glad he you like, brought that up bro he, he like a very close number two to gates okay and if, real. if gates if gates album wasn't so strong he might have passed him on this go around but Ooh, that i is really true. Gates with had gates a strong album. album yeah me too I'm with you. I'm a, uh, now that you said this, I want to revisit this topic next year because this is something that I want to keep a tab on, like in terms of Louisiana artists who got the torch right now. And and it could be argued that Young Boy and Gates are kind of holding the torch together, if not Young Boy taking it from him. Yeah, I feel like Gates got all of us, like our generation and all the new people coming up. That's Young Boy. Yeah, and he got them all. He got them all, bro. Like, yes, no, you I've right. I've never met a young nigga from Louisiana that don't listen to Young Boy all day. Like, huh, and it's it's white, black. It don't matter the race. Like, it's, it's just Louisiana people in general support Facts. that dude. No, I'm with you on that. The final topic we got to the, for the day before we move to the next part of the podcast with uh Bros Who Ball, our segment where we talk about sports and and be sure to stay tuned because not only do we talk about NFL but we have our NBA season preview that's a little later on in the show. 
I want to ask you because we had a question on somebody sent us a question in. It was a uh, it was a dude. I, I he didn't put his name. He stayed an anonymous, but he saw what Kanye said about uh, how he felt about Kim posting nudes and about how Kanye didn't necessarily like it. But at the same time, Kanye kind of promoted her to do that. I wanted to ask you and open this up for discussion. How would you feel if your girl was posting nudes on social media or scandalous pics? Bro, it would be no way. And I think any nigga that say different is only doing it because he's scared it might mess up the situation. You know what I mean? Mm, I'm, no, I'm. Uh, look, my girl knows I ain't with all that shit. I get, I, I get fucking iffy when a nigga trying to like just put, trying to comment on shit, like trying to say bro, you look facts. cute. Like I, like I don't say nothing, but it's just like facts, oh, bro. Like I gotta check that. Like it's like, ooh, I don't. I'm not gonna say nothing to my girl because <laughs> that's cool. Like get your shit off. Like you're not posting. You're not trying to get nobody to tell you that. That's not your fault. But it's like yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking like, ooh, what's this? Yeah, bro. Doing? And I'm saying like, imagine that times. 50 you know yeah. what I mean? like that's what that's what posting news will become saying if you really rock with your girl bro you ain't wanting her to just share that with everybody yeah because that's Gotta something be... special between y'all like exactly yeah, exactly no, I'm, bro i'm with you on that 100 like them them titties and, and that booty all that shit that's for you like my nigga like and that's not for the world to see so i'm, I'm kind of with you now if, if that's what you now let me say this if she was doing that before you got in a situation and you got in a situation, you can't expect her to stop doing that. I'm going to say exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Then at that point, that's 100 percent on you because you you knew how she was moving before you even got together. You yeah. know what I mean? And especially like in, in his situation, like if we talking Kanye, like, bro, she done had a whole sex tape already out at huh. that point. Like, so and then you scheduling her bigger photo shoots with bigger magazines and you telling her to like Kanye was telling her to be naked. And I got to give Kim a little slack because she that's what she said. She was like, you were telling me to do this. And now because you're trying to switch this whole religion shit, you can't make me stop. Like, I feel on that. Yeah. And I mean, that's her bag, bro. Like, you got to think Kim, even though like we still don't know what she do. But fucking her bag is just as big as his. You know what I mean? Big she fat. got she got a brand just as big as his to maintain. So I feel like, bro, you knew what you signed up for. You know what I mean? Like you can't even start to feel a certain type of way because she got to do that. You know what I mean? Like that's exactly literally like her job. That, huh? No, I'm with you on that 100 percent. Well, dude, man, my brother, tell the people where to find you on social media before we get our word from our sponsor. At Lil Doom SJE on all social platforms, Instagram, Twitter. Um, check out my um, bio if you want to hit my beat stars or air bit. I'm working every 100%. day. Y'all go check out Doom's uh, his Twitter. Y'all go follow him because he will be guest hosted on this pod for a while. And then even when Brooklyn comes back, we're going to still keep our guy in here because I love the energy that he brings. He has he has a very good perspective on things. And I think he did a good job to say this was your first pod, my brother. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate that. Oh, ain't no thing. But let's get to bros who ball for our in me and Julian are talking NFL as well as we have our NBA preview with a panel of Schubert, Justin, Julian and myself. Let's get to that right now. You know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. This is the second of the Bros Who Think podcast called Bros Who Ball. Usually, Schubert joins me for all of Bros Who Ball. Schubert will be here for the second half, which is our NBA preview. We will have a panel of us discussing our picks for finals, who's going to the playoffs, MVP. We're going to dive into it, our season preview. But before we get into that, we got to talk 
week seven and week eight of the NFL. And joining me as always, I guess I can say he's our NFL analyst, even though he he will be talking NBA with us because he loves the sport of basketball. But I'd say his mainstay is, is the NFL. So joining me as always, Mr. Julian Navarro. Julian, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Ready to get into it. Ready to talk Saints, Cowboys, and all the above. I gotta say your picks this your picks last week were pretty damn accurate. Like I think you did the best out of me and Schubert. Hey, I mean, what do you what can you expect? You know, I I know it all. What, <laughs> I mean, hey, come on. <laughs> Real quick before we get into the NFL, did you see anything in college football that you feel is worth mentioning? Because I know we're getting closer and closer. We have Auburn LSU this week. That's gonna be a big game. I'm we're hearing things from about whether or not Tua can play. We don't know what's true and what's fact. But did you see anything from college football real quick? If not, we can just move past it. Real quick, the only thing I really saw was Tua go down. I thought he would have been okay because he walked off He walked off fine, you know, had a normal walk whenever he walked off. And then I read Sunday they pull a quick one and he has ankle surgery. And supposedly, I mean, I don't know who can come back three weeks after ankle surgery, but yeah. I, I'm, if I'm a betting man, which I am, um, I don't think he's going to be back for LSU versus Bama, which means there's a way better chance that LSU is going to win. But, I mean, Nick Saban is Nick Saban for a reason. So we'll see. But, I mean, I'm a big LSU fan. But I, I, would, rather, I would rather LSU beat Auburn. I'm at, I'm at Alabama with Tua. Yeah, no, I feel you. Want, you want to, if you want to take down the champs, you want to take them off at 100%. So, because I already know what the, the internet's going to say is if LSU finally does beat Bama, they're going to say, oh, well, y'all did it without Tua. Like, yeah, Tua, I don't want an asterisk like, like the uh, Toronto Raptors championship. Yeah, and, and KD told Sawyer Jabaka on his latest interview show, like, you know damn well y'all wouldn't have won if, I, if me and Clay were there. So, don't even Correct. stunt. But <laughs> in terms of that, I must say this is LSU's. Best shot we've had in years, man. How likely, just in your opinion, do you think we make the college football playoffs? And is it only because of this injury? Or do you think if Tua was there, we would have stood a good shot? If Tua was there, I think LSU would have a good shot. If LSU only loses, if LSU beats Bama, they're automatically in the college football playoffs no matter what. Um, If they lose to Bama but win it out, we would we would have to see how Bama does against Auburn because I think it would say who goes in the SEC uh, championship or something like that. So I mean I don't know. It's it's gonna be close. It's I think honestly when it's all said and done, I think it's gonna be LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, which they do not deserve to be there, or maybe not Oklahoma. This- not this year, in my opinion. I, I'm much rather Oklahoma, but you know Clemson's going to go undefeated. Damn some, near. Yeah, because they don't play anybody. The ACC is a complete joke. So Yeah, I'm with you on that. But let's jump to the NFL. Let's start with the Saints. Julian, what would you see from the Saints? What you take away from that 36-25 to 25 victory? Because you did have the Bears, and the Saints had a slew of injuries. Teddy Bridgewater threw 23-38, 281 yards, two touchdowns. Latavius Murray had 27 carries for 119 yards, two touchdowns. I say the the hero of this game was the offensive line for the Saints, giving enough holes for Latavius Murray to get through. Michael Thomas also had a quiet game of, and this is a quiet game for him, nine receptions, 131 yards. The offense looked good, man, and I don't. I'm of the belief that Drew Brees shouldn't play this week. He should wait until after the bye. There's no point in in coming in this week when we're playing a, a Cardinals team. But he, it's rumored that he's playing. He said it himself that he's going to suit up. We shall see on Sunday. But what did you think of the Saints' victory over Chicago? 
I thought the Saints played great, but more importantly, um, I thought what helped the Saints was the fact that Chicago has Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback. Yeah. He is absolutely abysmal, which did not help Chicago's case. I thought Chicago didn't play as well as they normally did, but even so, Saints were on the road down, you know, well, Drew Brees is out, so, I, you know, you could say down Drew Brees. I mean, we're about to be done saying that, but... You know, Alvin Kamara wasn't there, and they yep. still found a way. And that's such a big testament to Sean Payton. I've always had him as one of my top five coaches. He's number two because no one's surpassing Belichick, but he's the second best coach in the league. I mean, I agree with that 100%. You, you see me I, on I tweeted Twitter. that out after the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you see me on Twitter, and, you know, Saints fans get mad at me all they want calling Drew Brees a system quarterback. But how many other quarterbacks, you know? Come out, backup goes in, and the backup goes five and zero. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went out. Aaron Rodgers goes out. The team is done. You know yeah. what I mean? Patrick Mahomes goes out. We don't know how it's gonna end up, but I. They they don't have a defense at all. I mean, Peyton Manning leaves Indy. Team is in the tank. Okay, Drew Brees leaves. Teddy Bridgewater's killing it. And I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is real good. I honestly think the Saints after they move off of Drew Brees or after he retires, depending on whenever that is, you know, they should they should keep him. I mean, this summer is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a high. It's going to be Drew. Are you going to retire because we want to sign this dude? Because if not, he's going to have to go somewhere else. And that's not someone, if I was Sean Payton in the Saints, I wouldn't want to let Teddy Bridgewater go. The city loves him already. So Yeah, he, he's shown his worth, man. And on top of that, not only did Teddy Bridgewater have a great game, Sean Swan's play calling was great, and the defense is proving, which is crazy for me to even fathom, but the Saints might have the best defense in the NFL. They have the best. They have the most underrated defensive front. I don't like Cam Jordan at all, but I've been saying this for the past two years. Just because I don't like you doesn't mean I'm not going to discredit you. He's the most underrated defensive end in the league. I don't understand how he doesn't get any praise. I mean, I can understand. The Saints know how to mess it up at the right time. I mean, me and you, you know, we've been watching this the Saints yeah. for a long time. If there's a team that could that could lose a game they have no business losing, it's them. So maybe that's why. Maybe it's because geographically they're in New Orleans. I, I mean, I don't know. But the Saints defense, it's it's a hell of a defense. I'm worried about with Eli Apple. I don't I don't care much for Eli Apple, don't get me wrong. But I haven't heard anything back because it looked like he was injured and the injury did not look good in Chicago. But, I, you know, I search every day on Twitter to see if there's anything back for, about his knee and there's nothing. So maybe that's a good sign or maybe that's a bad sign. I don't know. But it's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. So yeah, we haven't I, heard anything. Yeah. We haven't heard anything. I don't know what to make of that. So I guess that, we'll just that affects see. the Saints a lot more than a lot of people want to imagine just because what. When you think of Eli Apple, you're like, oh, he's not, he's not doing that well, or he's not one of the, he's not, he, he's, he's good. A- he makes stupid mistakes. It's all mental stupid mistakes. That's the problem, you know. But and whenever I, and he's I think not that's making mental gonna, mistakes, you know, he's balling out there. And that's my thing. I think we're gonna miss him a lot because he covers a lot that Marshawn Lattimore can't get. Like they, they're a great duo in the sense that they kind of pick up each other's slack when one's slacking off. And I think we're going to miss that on top of PJ Williams is out another week, but he will be back when he comes back. But I definitely, and after the bye week, but I definitely think this Saints team has a lot to look forward to because before the Drew Brees injury, like when the Drew Brees injury happened, I remember on the podcast, we said best case scenario, if they went four and one or four and two, three and three, that's what we can look forward to. 
Teddy Bridgewater has gone five and zero. And he should go six and zero. However, I'm afraid that they're going to play Drew Brees. Now, even though you know I'm not a Saints fan, common sense wise, and just yeah, common sense wise, you, you, most likely the Saints. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona pulls a quick. You know, if they're one of those crafty teams. You know, but why risk? I mean, we're pretty sure the Saints are going to win. Why risk getting Drew Brees injured, having his hand hit again for a meaningless game? That's my thing. Put your and it's all him. It's one hundred percent him. And they can't tell him no because he's Drew Brees. But that's where Sean Payton has to come in and be like, "Look, we have a bye week. Take two weeks off. You just started throwing. You just he had a light practice today. It's Wednesday." Like, you, you think his rhythm is on? He hadn't played in six weeks. He hadn't played in five weeks. You think his rhythm is on? You and he think was, his timing that's is thing. there? He was, he was limited today, and I don't think he's going to – like, tomorrow, he has to not be limited for me to be like, okay, I'm cool with this happening. And my thing is, I'm with you. Why take the hot hand out of the seat? Like, just keep, the, keep with the guy that has the hot hand and come back to your Hall of Fame quarterback when you know, like, all right, my guy's 100% good. Like, they'll know next week. Like, what's the difference between this week and next week when you when you surpassed expectations of where you wanted it's, to be? It's, it's Drew Brees. It's his ego. It, it's his. It, that he, I don't want people can be like this. You have to protect certain people from themselves, and that's one of those people. I feel like you have to protect from themselves. I guarantee you, deep down, low key in his mind, he sees how well Bridgewater is doing, and how they're basically playing the same. I mean, dude, if you look at the numbers and what Bridgewater is doing, him and Drew Brees, regardless of whether Drew Brees was playing or not. It would it would look the scores will look somewhat identical. The way they play is somewhat identical. You know, I mean, of course, Bridgewater may hold the ball a little bit longer, but he hadn't played in a while. He's just he gets better every week, and the competition seems like it's getting playing harder defenses every week. Drew Brees in the back of his mind is low key worried. Okay, yeah, that, no, I mean, I, it I is what that. it is, and that's understandable. I mean, you're 40. This dude's like you know what 26, 27. You know, people are looking at him as, as a as a future, but Drew Brees shouldn't feel worried whatsoever because the whole state of Louisiana is behind him. They won't even give Bridgewater credit for anything that he's doing. It's no, this, oh, don't. it's the defense. Oh, it's Sean Payton. It's this. No, give Bridgewater some credit because you know if it was the other way around, you'd be giving, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you They'd know be giving him is. hell. Yeah, no, they'd definitely you know, be giving him hell if he no, was losing. If, if, look, every time you see me on Twitter put start Taysom Hill, I'm joking because I'm mocking people who said they should start Taysom Hill over Bridgewater. Now, we don't have to go into the underlying causes of why people wish they would start Taysom Hill, but me and you both get the, you know, we know how it is. But still, Drew Brees is not going to lose his job. I I don't know where at all. He can go and throw four picks and people are like, it's all right, Drew, knock off some rust. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, he would have to lose damn near at least four to five weeks in a row before people would be like, mm, maybe we should get Teddy in the game. Like, Drew, Brees, Drew Brees is the type of person you would have to force into retirement because even if you won the Super Bowl this year, I, I, would, I say in the back of my mind, they won the Super Bowl this year, Drew Brees will retire. But some in the back of my mind tells me the way he is, he's such a competitor, he has, you know, such that drive to do well, he would want to stay like two more years, which you already know how I feel about that, so... Yeah, That's no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Good win for the Saints. Next week, they take on the Cardinals in the bye week. Chicago, man, I had such high hopes for them. But Mitch Trubisky, when you throw, and he had two touchdowns, but when you throw 34 of 54 attempts 
and you can't have any rush yards, like you're not getting any rushing on the ground, and he's not making the throws to get you to the win. I mean, you can't win the you can't win with he that. He can't throw over ten yards, and they have a chart on the internet that shows all his passes over the over the uh, over the season, and he has like two completed passes over fifteen yards, none above, none past like twenty five. He has uh-huh. one past twenty. And that's my thing. I know the Bears are sick that they did not take Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that they didn't take Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. They had opportunities for great quarterbacks, and they went with the guy from North Carolina, Mitchell Trubisky. I know they're sick. But let's jump to the Eagles and Cowboys, which I feel stupid for picking the Eagles. The Cowboys end up winning 37-10. to 10. Dak Prescott finished 21-27, 239 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, had his big signature game if, he, if he's had one this season with 22 carries, 111 yards, one touchdown. Dak had one on the ground. Uh, Julian, what do you think of the Cowboys' performance against the Eagles? Oh, two, two people showed up, Ezekiel Elliott and Demarcus Lawrence. I finally saw the defense do something. I, I literally finally saw the first thing that jumped out. This defense came to play. Oh, Van Der Esch is. Oh, wow. Jalen Smith is all over the place. Oh, they can't even throw deep. Demarcus Lawrence. I look, I put on my Instagram name. I had Demarcus Lawrence missing in action. He done stole $100 million, the highest paid player on the team. Then I put the next day, found Colin, Demarcus Lawrence. He came to play, and that set the tone with that defense. Special teams made a play. On top of that, the two starting tackles came back. That's such a big deal. You know, pe- people undervalue these offensive linemen. You're missing two starting tackles, and those tackles are some of the best in the league. I mean, they come back, and it's a whole different offense. On top of that, Zeke, he just, the eye test, you know, you could read the stat sheet in, like, the first three or four weeks. You know, he had good yards, an average amount of yards that he would get rushing the ball. But the eye test tells you he doesn't have that same explosion that he, that he once had maybe two years ago. I don't know what it was. He seems like he's in shape. But he just looked explosive. He was trying to run through people. He ran over Malcolm Jenkins. He was cutting faster. They just look like a, overall they, they look like a more motivated team. And Dak played typical great game like I always think he does, you know, minimal mistakes. They, they play like a team. They, they play to the best of their ability. If they could play like that for the rest of the year, I have no problem seeing that they would be in the NFC title game. Yeah, this is how people expected the Cowboys to look. I mean, this is they gave what they're saying. And I think with the Zeke thing, it might really be the fact that he didn't go to training camp and he didn't play those preseason games. And those first couple of games were his warm-up starter games. And he averaged five yards a carry. Like you said, he was trying to run people over. He finally looked like Ezekiel Elliott. And on top of that, your guy, Amari Cooper, that's why you got to pay this guy five five receptions for 106 yards. He got he averaged 21 yards per reception. That's the type of playmakers that Dak Prescott needs to be great. And when he has them, Michael Gallup back three three receptions for 34 yards. It's the little things like that. Now this team is looking like they did in the first three games. They look finally complete. I'm worried about the Eagles. It doesn't look like the Eagles are happy with Carson Wentz. We're hearing that they have locker room leadership issues. Maybe it's they're missing Nick Foles. I I don't know. I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. I just think he tried to do too much. And when you put your team down a hole of 14-0, it takes a special guy to come from that. Not saying Carson Wentz isn't special, but it it takes the guy like the Patrick Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, those types of talents. Carson Wentz has a special talent just like Patrick Mahomes and arm. I mean, Carson 
wants to throw such a beautiful football. It's ridiculous. The problem is all in the locker room. It's not him. And I don't know how Carson is. I remember when we first started doing the podcast together, I told you a while back, they had some issues with Carson Wentz in the locker room, that the players didn't like him. I mentioned the Shrine to Nick Foles and a few of these things like that. Most of the players feel, which is the general consensus, Nick Foles, you know, stuck to the script. He kept it simple. Did the check downs and trying to make a play out of everything. Carson's problem is he tries to make a play out of everything, and that's what gets you in trouble. You know, that's when you start getting rushed. Whenever the line has to hold for more than five seconds, that's when the quarterback starts getting pressured. Carson Wentz is already injury prone. You have to, you're counting on the receivers to do spectacular things. They have to run down the field more. You know, people get tired, and they just want him to, you know, just be more simple. And, you know, I understand that. It, follow it, the playbook. They, they have to have, follow the playbook. They'd have to have a kumbaya moment in the locker room. But honestly, I think it's gotten to a point where they just need to redo the team. Just blow it up. Look, you pay Carson Wentz $32.5 million a year. You gave him his money. All right. Who's not buying into Carson Wentz has to go. They, have they the are the second. They have the second oldest team in the league, so I, I could see that being a possibility. It's time to go. They need to rebuild the team. It's it's time to go. You're gonna have a two year drought where it's uh, but as long as Carson Wentz can stay healthy and he's you know get get some new people underneath him, new leadership, he's gonna reestablish himself as a leader, redo his image. That'd be the best thing for the Eagles. Just blow up the team. Keep all yeah. your players and blow it up. And have people that believe in Carson because, <clears throat> I mean, look, that, that and, and you can't blame some of those guys because Nick led them to a Super Bowl. And then when he went down, Nick led them to the playoffs. Like, he was a guy that, that the team could get around. Uh, the wide receivers loved him because he, he would follow the script of who Doug McDermott, I mean, Doug Peterson said to throw to. That's who he was throwing to. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't following his own idea of, like, scrambling around playmaking for playmaking and making the uh, play longer. No, he went by... When Doug Peterson said, get the ball out, that's when we're getting out. If not, we're throwing the ball out of bounds. And that's not what Carson Wentz does. No, he, he doesn't listen to orders. He, quarterbacks that listen to orders. Tom Brady, great. Drew Brees, great. Look at Teddy Bridgewater. He's listening to all the Coach Payton's orders. Look at him. You know, listen to orders. You have a good coach in Doug Peterson, great offensive mind. You know, he can be a little quirky at times. But listen to orders, and there's no way you can miss the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes no, you don't have you... to try to be Superman all the time. At times when the play breaks down, you have to be Superman, and that's understandable. But he does it too much. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and we will see if the Doug Peterson thing I want to revisit again next year or maybe later in the season because maybe it was Frank Reich. Maybe Frank Reich was the success to that offense because we see Frank Reich with the Indianapolis Colts with – Jacoby Brissett, and this is no discredit to Jacoby Brissett because Bill Belichick wanted him. He's a starting quarterback in this league. He's a good quarterback. But let's call a spade a spade. Frank Wright had the idea that he was going into the season with Andrew Luck. He gets the bombshell thrown on the week before the season starts, and he ends up making the switch no problems. And the, and the Colts are now foreign, too. Oh, yeah. No, the Colts. Uh, like, like, you can transition. Remember I said you guys picked the Texans to beat the Colts, and I was like, uh-uh. The Colts are very... They're young. They have a great roster. They're a very disciplined team. Yes, they are. That, that team was made for Andrew Luck to win the Super Bowl. If he would have stayed two extra years, I guarantee he would have won the Super Bowl. But he backed out. That's his own issues. That's fine. I respect it and I understand it. And I kind of don't blame him. But they have the right coach. They have the best offensive line in the league. 
T.Y. Hilton is an awesome receiver. They have a great tight end, and their defense is good. Colts and good defense, that doesn't even go together, but they have a good defense. You know, historically, the Colts have never really had a great defense. Peyton Manning had to always do it. But, you know, they have, they have all the pieces to win the Super Bowl. They were just a little inexperienced because they were young. But, I mean, they came off a of bye week, and they have a great coach in Jacoby Brissett. You know, I said, listen to the coach. Why do you think Bill Belichick didn't want to let him go? Bill Belichick loved him. You know yeah. what I mean? That and that, says, and that a says a lot. Yeah, no, yes, it does. And I, I think this game proved to me something I had a question with the Colts was, if the run game doesn't work, can Jacoby Brissett have those quote-unquote Andrew Luck games where we're not getting any run games? Our defense is holding them to a certain extent, but I have to come out and make these throws to win this game. And he made the throws to say he went 26-39, 326 yards, and four touchdowns. He played a damn good game. Oh, yeah. For sure, that that they had the best. They made the best of a situation, like because you know Andrew Luck is pretty injury prone, and whenever you have an injury prone quarterback, you have to have a good backup. I mean, or an older quarterback, you have to have a good backup. Tom Brady always had great backups, you know, with Garoppolo and Brissett, even the third string. Ain't that something? Drew Brees had Teddy Bridgewater. You know, when you have certain types of quarterbacks, you. Have, have to have a back. That's why Carson Wentz had Nick Foles. You know, you just gotta have a good backup. And hey, Andrew Luck had a good backup. He went out. He came in. It is what it is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Let's jump to the Ravens Seahawks. I'm hearing a lot of talks for Lamar Jackson MVP. He had he was nine of twenty for the pass, uh, 143 yards, no touchdowns. But he carried this team in the run department with 14 carries, 116 yards, one touchdown. The defense played pretty pretty damn good. The the new addition of um of uh, Marcus Peters really paid off. He had an interception this game. Do you think Lamar Jackson is is one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I don't think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he's a winner, and that's the best way to put it. What, like, like you said, he had all those. He had over a hundred yards rushing again. Yeah, he had under two hundred yards passing. You know, he didn't throw. You know, I saw he had a long ball. He didn't throw bad. He didn't. I know he didn't throw a touchdown, but his goal was to go out there and win. He didn't care how to do how how to win. Like he wasn't gonna throw his way into a win or run away. He was gonna go out and win by any means necessary. And that's what makes Lamar Jackson so special. Whenever your goal is just to go out there and win, he was in a tough environment all the way on the West Coast, completely out of his element, and he just went in the damn game and won. They needed a win, and a win like this would reinvigorate the team. You know, they have so much stuff to work on, but he just needed a win. And you could see it whenever it was fourth down and he was begging Coach Harbaugh to go forward on fourth down. Because if they were to get that fourth down, Russell Wilson wasn't going to get the ball back and was going to end the game. And he went ahead and ran for it and got the fourth down. You know, you, you can hear him. And it was all over the internet bleacher report. Had him begging Coach, come on, please, Coach, come on. He's like, you want to go for it? Yes. All right, let's go for it. That's what you he, like to see. That's those intangibles that people talk about. He, Like you said, he's a winner. And this is a big win going that the Ravens are going into a bye week before they play the Patriots. Like you said, they were kind of going slow by winning a winning a game to the Steelers that they might not have should have won and winning in a manner that they did against the Bengals. They needed something to, to reinvigorate this team and get them back up to beat a Russell Wilson Seahawks-led team in uh in Seattle, that's a big win for them going into a bye week, something that they could r- be excited about, rest up, and get ready to take on the New England Patriots. But, yeah, for sure. And as far as Lamar Jackson, he's not even halfway developed. 
He has so much more to work on. We'll, we'll wait till he really starts learning how to read a defense because he's not there yet. You know, it takes a while and starts calling audibles and stuff and wait till he's going to continue to get better as a thrower. I had no issues about him being a thrower. Just get, just wait in about three or four years. He'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Right now, no, but the potential's there. He's a winner. He, he's like Deshaun Watson. Just go win. Just go win it. Yeah. Just give Lamar some time. He's one of those players that's going to take three to four years and consistently get better. Not everyone pops within two years, you know? Yeah, not everybody's Patrick Mahomes. Correct. And so, I mean, it takes in – in those guys that develop over time, they build up their cachet, they build it up, and they break out at the right moment, and then they're stars to people. You have late bloomers, and there's nothing wrong with that. Drew Brees was a late bloomer. People, Big, people don't know that. Yeah, That's he wasn't what everybody thought he was. He wasn't what everybody thought he was in, in uh, San Diego. Four years in San Diego. Didn't really do much. Comes to New, York, comes to New Orleans and bam. This is how it yeah, happened. Changed up everything. Julian, let's get into our picks for week eight. Since Schubert isn't here, uh, you give an extra game and I'll give an extra game. But give the, the, most, the game that you're excited for the most right now. <laughs> this is going to be funny. The Falcons game. Oh, okay. You because, go, you're, you're looking at Falcon Seahawks. Yes, because Julio Jones, I read a report today, said Julio Jones gave an emotional speech in front of the team in the locker room, blaming them on the loss and how it's not the coach's fault. Now, everybody's going around saying, fire Dan Quinn. Fire I'm part Dan of that Quinn wagon. Me too. <laughs> but Julio, and that, that says a lot about how a locker room, Julio's a big voice, and he's not the type to go out and say something. So whenever he says something, you better listen. But if, if he says it, I could, I could feel that it's the general consensus of the locker room. And I believe that most people in the locker room have Julio's mindset, and Julio said something along the lines of, it's not Coach Quinn's fault, it's our fault. This this has nothing to do with Coach Q. It's our fault. We're not playing how we should be. And I really thought that meant a lot. I thought that said a lot about Julio. And, you know, it's the little things like that that can reinvigorate a team to uh, to go on a streak. I remember, real quick, I remember when Les Miles was on the hot seat at LSU. And I remember LSU won a real close game for a team that they usually beat easy, but they won a real close game. And at the end, they gave, like, Leonard Fournette an interview. It was like, we were out here doing it for Coach. And they were partying and celebrating with Coach like he won the Super Bowl. It was just they won a game that they should have blew out somebody. That just says a lot about how a team feels about their coach. Yeah, and, and we shall see if that invigorates them to win that game. Are you picking the Falcons to win that game? Yes, I'm picking the Falcons. I'm going to put money on them. We'll Ooh. see if I'm – yeah, because they're not favored and they're at home. Yeah, and Seattle's flying big. all the way across. So, we'll see. Not I'm much. Pick, just a little something-something. I'll pick Seattle to win that because, I look, I think the Falcons are common done with sense. No, no, you're right. You have common sense. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but, all right, my game of the week that I'm going to give you guys is, I'll say Browns-Patriots, man. Look, the Patriots are arguably one of the best defenses in the league. We, we, know, what, we know about them. This is more so as a Browns thing. Coming off a of bye week, can you guys get your shit together? Freddie <laughs> Kitchens, your shit, you're on the hot seat, my G. And, like, if you don't win, oh, they're going to fire your ass come the end of the season. This is the chance. If y'all win this game, I guarantee the noise will be down a notch. And people will be like, damn, has Tom Brady lost it? Like, they, yeah. it, it, it'll immediately switch. 
I, I agree with you, but I don't think he has to go in and win. I just don't think – because I don't think they could beat the Patriots. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think if he loses, the, the Patriots beat them. You didn't lose yourself. Like, yeah. you didn't get stupid penalties and bad play calling. You went out there and played your best, and you kept it close and respectable and things like that. You'll keep your job. But regardless, he's on the hot seat anyway. <laughs> No, I'm with you. Like, if he if he calls a close game and it's not him, he'll be okay this game. And same for Baker. Baker, this is a game for you. You're going against one of the best defenses in the league. If you can play well and, and it doesn't look like you lost this game, it's just the Patriots beat y'all, it, it will be more respectable than how you guys have been playing. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and pick the Browns to win, but this game has a lot of intrigue to me. I'm picking the Patriots to win a close game 24-21 to 21 against the Browns. Ooh. Wow. I think they'll put up a fight after the bye week, man. I think they've been chewed out a lot. At least I would and hope they, so. You know, you know, they've been quiet. That's they've true, quiet. yeah. Not, no Odell lot. talk. No Odell, no Jarvis IG post, no nothing. No, you're right. Well, we'll see. It's going to be a close one. I won't be surprised if Browns win. I'm going to have That's to look at saying. the odds on that one. Okay, uh, Julian, you got another game for the people out yeah. there. I want to see the Cardinals Saints. Yep. Because... The Saints' defense have not yet played against a quarterback like Kyler Murray. They played against a whole bunch of stagnant quarterback pocket passers. No one really exciting. And they haven't played, I guess you would say, against a team with a high... I want to say the Rams have a high-powered offense, but with Gurley hurt like that and their offensive line playing, uh, and Jared Goff being a abysmal quarterback and highly overpaid, I don't think Sean McVay can truly do what he really wants to do with that offense. And the league kind of caught up to him. But Cliff Kingsbury is a new coach with new schemes that people haven't seen before. And they haven't, you know, it takes, a t- it takes time to figure out, you know, th- these brand new rookie head coaches. And, I mean, it took them two years to figure out McVay. It's going to take a while to figure out Cliff Kingsbury. And I think Colin Murray's playing at a level right now that he's just – Going out to win it, they're gonna. The Saints are gonna have to chase him. They, they haven't had to chase anybody, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see. He's gonna disrupt the defense a little bit. It, it's gonna be a nail. It's gonna be closer than people think. I still have the Saints winning, but it's gonna be closer than people think. I'm with you. I got the Saints winning. I think it will be a, a close game. I think this will test because the defense has a lot of injuries. I think this will be one of those games where if Teddy Bridgewater plays, this could be one of his signature games, if you know what I'm saying. Like, the defense didn't play as well as they normally did, but Teddy Bridgewater went out there and got the game for the Saints to win. I'm picking the Saints. In my final game of the week, I'm going to go with – I'll go with Packers and Chiefs, the Sunday night game, even though – look, man, I know we didn't talk about this, but – if Andy Reid plays Patrick Mahomes a week after he dislocated oh his gosh. fucking knee, yo, that's fucking retarded. Dude, you saw that bro. he was in practice? That, that is so st- – like, you want to talk you about – we, we just saw what happened with Kevin Durant. Like, it is not that serious right now. Like, this is not him – this is not the Super Bowl. This is not the – play. y'all have a great record. He does not have to play this fucking game. Yeah, so he can be like Cam Newton and RG3. Come back too early and, and look how that turned out for both of them. One's about to lose his job. One never became a starter again. I don't mm. like this is your fr- this is a special talent. 
this is your franchise quarterback for the arguably next the best player in the years. league. Yes, like, for the next thirteen years, go sit his ass down for two weeks yeah. or for, for three weeks. I don't understand the big deal. And if he wants to play and he's a competitor, that's his problem. He could boohoo and whine on the bench all he wants. It's like you wants. said, you got to protect some of these people. You got to like protect Drew some Brees. of these people from themselves. Go yeah. sit down, dog. It's Arizona. <laughs> like it, this is not like Patrick Mahomes should not come back until shit. I'm thinking week 12, 13 at the earliest. Like, let I mean, him sit down for three to four bit. weeks. It's not a big deal, you know, because everything's fine. He can move fine. It's just, I feel like it's, a, it's tender. Like, people who dislocate stuff. I had a friend who used to dislocate his shoulder all the time. It would pop out of place. He would, his shoulder would pop out of place three times a year. You know? Yeah. There's always something. So, I, I don't I don't know how that's going to be with Mahomes. I knock on wood for that. But go sit him down, dude. That's the future. You want to jeopardize your future for a Sunday night football game? Yeah, Against the go Packers. figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not with that at all. So I'm picking the Packers to win this game because I'm, I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to play. And I think Aaron Rodgers in the offense maybe might have figured something out last week. Or maybe they were just playing the Oakland Raiders. I'd like to see some con- consistency on the passing front this week against the Chiefs. I'm going with the Packers. I can see that. I agree with that. Well, word up, Julian. That's all the time we have for the first part of Bros Who Ball with the NFL stuff. In a couple seconds, after a word from our sponsor this week, we will get you guys straight into our NBA basketball preview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for the final segment of Bros Who Ball. I want to give a thanks to our sponsor at the Edge Barbershop. Again, y'all be sure to go follow the Edge Barbershop on Instagram and be sure to go get your haircut at the Edge Barbershop. Tell them Linden sent you and they might give you a discount. But Let's get into it. Let me introduce our panelists because we got a big panel, and I'm gonna tell them the rules once we once I introduce all these mothers, once I introduce all these people, these human beings who I love, because we gotta set some ground rules. Because if we don't, there's gonna be a lot of talking over each other. Let me start off with the guy who was in the earlier segment, Mr. Julian Navar. Julian, how you doing, brother? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to have you back. Also joining us is the normal co-host of Bros Who Ball. Our guy, Adam Schubert, he was here for the first part, missed the second, but Will is here for the third. Schubert, how you doing today, brother? You caught yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, I'm, look. Doing, I'm doing look. good, man. I'm doing good, man. It's, Somebody... it's, uh, it's, actually, it's actually a really rough week, but I'll save that for the people who call into my radio show on Sunday. Ooh, all right. All right, for sure. Check out his radio show. You know, I got I to gotta censor myself a little bit in this section because our guy, Jay Boogie, Justin Baptiste is back on the pod. He asked me to to turn down all the Fs and the and the ends, which I will do for my guy, cause you know that's my guy. But he's back, Justin. Real quick, how you doing, man? Long time no talk. NBA season is back, and that means you're back, our NBA analyst. How you doing, bro? Tell the people what you've been doing, cause you've been doing a lot of cool sh- cool stuff out there in the streets. I'm doing great. First off, I'm just excited to be back on the podcast. I'm excited that it's NBA season. And I've just been coaching, man. I'm at. Uh, I actually live in Florida, right? Right now, everybody, um, coaching at a prep school, DME Academy. Shout out to DME basketball. But that's just, isn't that's that like? Just the, isn't that like the big prep school while the draft people go before? I mean, it's it's pretty big. It's pretty big. It's pretty don't even big. don't even undersell yourself. Weren't you doing some USA stuff? Like you've been out here in your time off. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, like, I'm talking about, like, as of, like, right, I guess it has been a while since, oh, yeah, this summer, I mean, USA Basketball, uh, Coach AU this summer, but, like, for right now, you know, I'm coaching uh, DME Basketball right, 
right right now, which is pretty big. You know, we play Montverde, IMG. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you selling yeah, yourself short right time. now. Big time. Yeah, no, I know, I know who you coach, and I know what teams y'all play. Oak Hills, Mount Verde's that type of that type of pedigree. So we yes, got so. Sir. So you should know what you're talking about when we talk basketball. As we know, last year, me and Schubert are the pick, the correct pickers of the NBA Finals. Uh, look, man, just got to throw that out. They're not at the beginning of the season because, I mean, we all picked the Warriors. Yeah. But once we got down to the nitty-gritty, we knew, we knew who was winning that thing. So let's jump into it. We'll keep track of who's right, who's wrong. Let me set the ground rules. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask each of you a question. Then, like, we'll, we'll go through each person's, like, list. We'll, we'll maybe question their list or whatever. But while the person's giving their list, uh, you got to let them talk. No interrupting until the end. But we will debate each other's list once we, once we get through everybody's list of conference. The way we're going to go through, we're going to go through the East, give you one through eight. We're going to go through the West, give you one through eight. We're going to tell you who makes it into the finals, give you our finals winner, our rookie of the year, our MVP, typical NBA preview stuff. So... Uh, let's start off with the Eastern Conference because that is the weaker conference and the less exciting one and save the save the best for last. Justin, I'll start with you. Give me your eight teams that are going to the NBA playoffs from the Eastern Conference. My eight teams. My first team is the Philadelphia 76ers. I got them at one. I have the Bucks at two, the Celtics at three, the Raptors at four, the Heat at five, the Pacers at six, Brooklyn at seven, and the Magic at eight. All right, all right. I like that list. I like that list. Uh, we'll get to discussing why we think teams are where at the end of everybody's list. Uh, I'll go to you, Schubert. Schubert, give me your eight teams from the Eastern Conference. Uh, I mean, I don't have them in an order. Well, just give me your eight teams. If, if, you, give, if, you, give me, if you give me three minutes, I'll give you an order. <laughs> All right, well, look, I'll go, and then I'll give you and Julian time to get get y'all stuff in order. For me, at number one, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. At number two, I have the Bucks. At number three, I have the Celtics. At number four, this is where things get a little different for me and Justin. I have the Indiana Pacers. At number five, I have the Brooklyn Nets. At number six, I have the Toronto Raptors. At number seven, I have the Heat. And at, num at number eight, I have the Orlando Magic. Julian. Right. You, or Julian, or Schubert, Schubert, you can go and then Julian will go last. No. Yeah, okay, I'll go. Um, so I got uh, the Sixers, Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Nets. Uh, I'm going to go at six with the Pistons. Oh, all right, all right. Um, at seven, I'm going to go with the Pacers. And at eight, of course, it's the beginning of the season, so I'm going to go with the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> you said the Knicks? <laughs> he just said that just to say that, bro. You know that's you why you came on here trolling, bro. <laughs> I came on. I came on here being a fan. <laughs> Are they buried? Oh my gosh, uh, Julian, let's right. get your top eight. Yeah, <laughs> number one, I got the Bucks as number one. I got the Seventy okay, Sixers right. at number two. I got the Pacers at number three. I got the Celtics at four. I got the Magic at five. I got the Heat at six. Uh, the Nets at seven and eight. The Raptors. All right, that, I I like your list a lot. I'm not giving a stunt. Let Let's talk. Let's start off with our, uh, Julian. I'm gonna start off with you. Why do you have the difference between the 76ers and the Bucks between one and two? 
I believe the Bucks have the ability to stay healthy longer than the 76ers. The 76ers is a big team. Joel Embiid, I mean, he lost 20 pounds over the summer. He's been pretty quiet on Instagram, so you already know my rule. Uh, usually athletes who are quiet during the summer come out playing better. And uh, it seems like he put in that work because he lost 20 pounds. But at the end of the day, it's kind of, you know, been, I don't know. It's just, I don't I don't feel that they have the ability to stay healthy throughout the whole season. There's always going to be something. And the Bucks, I, have, I feel like they have the ability to stay healthy. As long as Giannis is there, he's going to keep dishing it out. People get to hit threes, and he's only getting better each year. So that's my big discrepancy between both of them. It's not far off. It wouldn't surprise me if. 76 is we're in first, but I really think the Bucks are going to be in the first place. 100%. J- uh, Justin, I want to ask you, why do you have the Indiana Pacers so low? So low? I mean, mainly because, like, everyone else is really just, I mean, really just better than them. I mean, I'm looking at, at, at the list. You have the Bucks. You have the 70, I mean, the Bucks have Giannis. The 76ers have um uh, Simmons and MB, the Celtics, they have uh, they have a, a crew of players. I mean, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimba, uh, the Heat have um, uh, J- Jimmy Butler. So I feel like in uh, Toronto, they're just all around a good team. And I just think, like, you know, every other team is really better than them. I know the Pacers, they have uh, Oladipo, but I just feel like every other team, they have a star. Or they, they, they have a star that's better than Oladipo, or that team is just better than the Pacers. I'm not going to let you come on here and tell me after you've been here for a while away that, that Kyle Lowry's better than Oladipo. The Pacers... But they have a better team, though. Siakam? Siakam came 34 last night. Inconsistent. Look, yeah, that's what I heard. Inconsistent One as well. game. What the pace? The pace. I'm looking at the history. Okay. Even though the Pacers lost, Fred Fred Van Vliet had 30 last night. Look, you gonna expect that every night? Even though the Pacers lost, (laughs) that Oladipo, Oladipo's not back. The Pacers have Sabonis, Warren. Warren's a playmaker. Another score for that team. They have Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday. They're to me, they're a more complete team and one of those teams that if Oladipo didn't go down, they're pushing. In the East last year, let's not forget when LeBron was still in the East reigning supreme, the Pacers were one of the few teams that gave him competition when they were fully healthy. Yeah, they all right. They got, I mean, everyone's all right, but I feel like the the 70, like, I'm not 76ers, the Toronto Raptors, they have a better all-around team, and they have rising stars. I just don't think Siakam, I just don't think Siakam's that guy right now. Maybe in well, two years. I, I also think that like, what's really hard with this is you know and this way i was thinking with mine is the regular season the regular season is going to be way different you know yeah. like for the let's just uh i were in the, we're staying in the east well i'm going to give the raptors for example i have the raptors at three because i think that they're going to be a team that wins a lot in the regular season i don't know if they're going to be a team that's you know you know match up to uh, a nets when they get kd back uh but like, I definitely think that they're a team that's going to beat all these other miserable teams in the East. And I think they're good enough to win some big games with some because some of their players come out and play during those big games. I think that people aren't going to give Fred Van Fleet a lot of credit, but is he not, is he not have the liberty to improve over the offseason? Can he not become a better player? I, I still well, think look, he can. I understand that. I had the paces at three because last year before Victor Oladipo got hurt, I think they were number three. And then he got hurt, and then everything went, you know, downhill. But it's a pretty solid team all around. They play great defense. 
and Victor Oladipo coming back. I have no issues with them being three. Of course, we all know all the teams that we all named are all going to the playoffs, but I just thought they'll be three. Yeah. And honestly, (laughs) the Knicks. I don't think anybody on the Pacers is better than Siakam right right now. Oh, you tripping. You think Victor Oladipo isn't better? Siakam is. I don't think. Look, I understand your love for Siakam. He's he's not healthy, right? He fluctuates. Well, he's not. Okay, Oladipo's not back right now, but he will be back before December. He's going to be back 100%. He's a hard worker. I'm telling you. Counter question, okay, Julian who, and Lyndon. Who's better than Fred, Fred Van Vliet right now on the um on the Pacers? On the Pacers? Oh, right I'm, I'm gonna take Brogdon and I yeah. and and Over if you Fred Van Vliet, one hundred percent. And if you ask me, hold on, let me pull up who who's on this team real quick. Let, give me one sec. And I'm gonna take. Look, I like Sabonis, and I think Sabonis is gonna have a big year. I'm not gonna say he's, he's better. Solid. Than Vliet. He's I'm not gonna team. He's Sabonis had twenty seven and thirteen tonight. Sabonis the, over Kyle Lowry. I, you didn't ask me that. You, Kyle said, Lowry. you, you said over Big Van moments. Fleet, and, and, and yeah, and exactly what Julian said. Kyle Lowry will fold. I you're lucky. And he's fat. The only reason oh, we're not going to fat shame him on last year. He fold last year. Talk to me. You know who didn't fold? Kawhi Leonard. He's not on that team anymore. Okay, I understand so, that. Shoot, I'm not, I'm, not having, I'm not doing this with you, Justin. You asked me not Here. to curse, and then you go but, bring it out of me. The counterpoint question I had is, you know, Old Depot is an all-star, correct? Yes, agree with 100%. that, right? Yes. So do we think Siakam's an all-star? Not this year, no, because from what I saw, he still doesn't have an outside jumper, and someone will stop that. I'm going to just drive to the basket. I'm going to just get rebounds and garbage points. To be an all-star, you have to shoot from the outside, and he has not shown me he can do that. So then I guess, you know, that's one way that's one way to categorize, like, who the best players in the league are. I guess it's the All-Star game, which kind of sucks because uh, I don't really like the All-Star game. Well, no, it's first but, team all this, first team all that. See, sure, but, I mean, those consistent. those are all – yeah, okay, yeah. And and so, yeah, but I, I look, this but, uh, Eastern Conference conversation, I don't think we – I don't think we're going to have a debate when it comes to who we think is going to go to the finals. I think it's just debating on yeah. seedings and debating on people and debating on these different seedings. But when it comes down to the end of the day, I think we all are in, at least maybe my preconceived notion is that we're all in agreement who's going to the finals from the East. I'll start with Justin. Who do you have going to the finals from the East? 76ers. 100%. Uh, Schubert, who you got going to the finals from the East? I'm going to say the Bucks. Oh my gosh. Julian, who do you have one of the finals from the East? The 76ers. And I have the 76ers. So, Schubert, you go ahead and explain to us why you have the Bucks going to the finals. Because I knew all three of you guys were going to say the 76ers. It's okay. We can be in agreement. Wait, we're wait. Fine. Trust me, we can argue in the Western Conference. Okay, yeah, no, said 76ers. Yeah, I said the 76ers. I, bro, Ben the Simmons. who was down in Ben Simmons? Oh, yes. Man, you can ben Simmons. It's not because of him. It's, it's not because of him. It's, it's the cons- size. It's the They're size. Trees. Not not only do you have Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons, and then you have a shooter with, with Josh Richardson. You're going across the board damn near 6'6 at the minimum with Josh Richardson. That's and what I'm then, saying. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have stars that can help you score. Yes, their depth is a little short. Yes, I don't necessarily like Brett Brown. But who do the Bucks have that can go up against that? They just have Giannis. And until Giannis Antetokounmpo gets an outside jumper, I don't see him making the NBA Finals. I'm just being straight up. And they lost Malcolm Brogdon, who Which is I huge. think I thought, yeah, I, th- I think he was. That was a huge thing. I really thought they should have signed him, and they gave Chris Middleton all that money. But let's not start. <laughs> I don't know where scoring is going to come from on that team. You look well, at that roster again. It's, it's what I, it was kind of like the point I made with Van Vliet. Like, do we not give liberty for some players to improve? That there, there's some youth on there, but will they improve is the question. I'm not going to say. 
And since I'm going to go with the Bucks, and I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah, I think that you know Bledsoe with uh, with Middleton is as your two guards. I, they're going to have to handle the shooting. It's going to be difficult. George Hill, you know, still had played solid basketball in the playoffs last year. There's a lot of veterans that are that are there. Kyle Korver's there to try and be another shooter. Um, but yeah, I definitely see why the 76ers are the obvious number one pick. But you know, for for a little bit of parity, I do think that the Bucks are that number two. I think everyone can agree with that. Like I think oh, yeah, that no, there I really don't... only are two teams in the East, and it's going to be the Bucks. And the Sixers. So, you know, you know, when you get into a seven-game series, it can go either way. Um, you know, Giannis, I think, is the best player on the floor. And sometimes I take the best player on the floor. Okay, I, I, can, I can definitely feel where you're coming from with that in the sense of, yes, players do get better. We got to give Middleton a, a shot. But, and in terms of Giannis being the best player, I don't, I don't think I'll argue that with Joel Embiid because they're, they're about tit for tat. You could go either way with that. In terms of that, in terms of that team, you're right. They do have a lot of veterans, but can these veterans who've never gotten over the hump get Giannis over the hump? The question of like George Hill, the Lopez brothers, Wesley Matthews, uh, Ersan Ilyasova, Kyle Korver. Can those guys be the ones to get him over the hump? Because if not, I don't know if their young guys are going to improve in the sense of Dante Divincenzo. Pat yeah, Con- they need old Nova boy Divincenzo to show up. <laughs> that's what. That's my thing. Dragon I don't know- Bender. Exactly, and Dragon Bender didn't prove he could do anything in Phoenix. I just don't know if the Bucks show up. But like I said, I don't think we're arguing a lot in the East. I was gonna ask Schubert about why he has the Pistons ranked, but that's just that's just me starting conversation with the guys about the East. The East is is the weakest conference by far in terms of strength of schedule. The Bucks do have the easiest strength of schedule, but Philly's not that far behind them. They have a, another easy schedule as well, and so do the Boston Celtics. So. Those are kind of the three teams I see pushing, as well as the Indiana Pacers. I mean, if you talk about strength of schedule, it goes Milwaukee one with easiest. Then Philly, uh, I believe Philly would be next up in terms of, like, the teams we're talking about right now. Then you have uh, Boston tied with in- – in- no, Boston, then Indiana outright as number four, strength of schedule easiest. The strength of schedule conversation will be more intense when we get to the West. And with that being said, let's jump to the Western Conference. I'll start with Julian this time since I started with Justin last. Julian, give me your teams from the West that you got going to the playoffs. I could say no particular order because it's hard. Yeah. But I'll give you my number one, the Nugget, the Denver Nuggets. All right. Number two, the Clippers. Three, the Jazz. Four, the Rockets. Five, the Lakers. Six, the Warriors. Seven, Portland. And eight, San Antonio. All right, all right. That's a respectable list. I thought I was going to come at you for your list, but that's respectable. Uh, Schubert, give me your Western Conference teams. You're going to come at me for my list, but like I said earlier on, and I'm clarifying by this is how I think that the regular season would pan out. Um, Number one, I have the Nuggets. Number two, I have the Clippers. Number three, I have Portland. Number four, I have the Lakers. Number four, I have Warriors. Number six, Jazz. Seven, Rockets. And eight, Mavs. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. I'm not coming at as hard as you as you would think because when you hear mine, you'll understand why. Justin, give me your list for the Western Conference. Okay, I have number one, the Clippers. Number two, the Lakers. Number three, the Rockets. <laughs> Number three, the Rockets. Number four, the Nuggets. Number five, I have number five, the Warriors. Number six, Portland. Number 
Number seven, Jazz. No, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, over, start over. Hold start on. over. So I got the one. I got one Clippers. I got two Lakers. I got three the Rockets. Four, the Jazz. Five, five Warriors. Six Portland Trail Blazers. I think I think I'm I'm messing up the I'm messing up the list. You can't get your list Dude. together. No, Did no, no, no. I had hold on, hold on. Cause like I'm just going off of uh I have a list, but I, I, I didn't write it down. Like I have like all the uh teams. Okay, okay go ahead. Hold on, okay, hold on, okay. So I got one, the Clippers, two, Lakers, three, the Rockets, four, the Nuggets, five, Jazz, six, the Warriors, seven, the Blazers, and eight. The Pelicans. Oh, mm. That's my eight. Yo, that's, that's interesting. One through eight. All right, cool, cool, cool. At number one for me, I have the. Oh wait, where's that team's name at? Oh my gosh. Uh oh yeah, number one I have the Denver Nuggets. At number two I have the Clippers. At number three I have the Portland Trailblazers. Lo and behold. At number four I have the Rockets. At number five I have the Lakers. At number six I have the Warriors. At number seven I have Utah. And then at number eight, I have the Dallas Mavericks with the Pelicans finishing at ninth. And I'll get to why I have that in a second. First, let's hey, give me, give me that top four again. At number one, I have the Denver Nuggets. At number two, I have the Clippers. At number three, I have the Portland Trailblazers. At number four, I have the Rockets. At number five, I have the Yeah, Lakers. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Then the Warriors you at six. You have your own team making the playoffs. Lincoln. Utah at seven, and wow. then in Dallas at eight. No, no. If you really want me to get into the Pelicans real quick, if we, just to knock them out the way, I think the Pelicans are in contention for a playoff spot. Don't get it twisted. I just think the Zion injury games, because the West is so close, will make a difference when it comes down to picking the playoffs. I think the twenty to thirty games that Zion is going to miss will make a difference when it comes down to tiebreakers and seedings. I think the Pelicans are right there, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made the playoffs, but it wouldn't surprise me if they don't. And if I'm a betting man, I really like what Luka Doncic and Porzingis is bringing into the Mavericks. And I don't I mean, trust them. You had them make an eighth. Uh-uh. You didn't have them make an eighth? No, you didn't. Oh, am I the only person who had Dallas make an eighth? I had the Mavericks make an eighth. Oh, yeah, me and you had the Dallas Mavericks make Sacramento. Oh, yeah, Sacramento. Okay, Which well, is a good one. That's, not, yeah. that's another one. I mean, it, it's honestly, if you ask me, that eighth spot is between the Mavericks, Sacramento, and the Pels. If you really want me to be point blank, I, I like. I think the Spurs are the Spurs are that team that's a good team. But I think this is the year they miss the playoffs to try to get it. Like, I, I just don't think they make it. And I just think the Mavericks with Luka Doncic and. Porzingis, they're gonna bring something special to the to the table this year, and I, I just expect them making the playoffs. That's just how I feel about it. Julian, tell me why you got Sacramento making the playoffs. Uh, they fly under the radar. They have some good players on their team. They have a they have a solid core, and that that that's they have a lot of. Whenever you have a solid core, I think you can go. You can make the playoffs. For instance, Indiana has a solid core. That's why I have them at number three. Uh, I'm not really a fan of Luke Walton, but I think De'Aaron Fox is underrated. I don't really care for Buddy Heald, but, I mean, he belongs there. Harrison Barnes, underachiever. But, I mean, I just like the team. I think they they work better together than Dallas. I think Dallas is too young. I think Porzingis is 
he's coming off a year injury, and I don't think he has it mentally. When I say mentally, I think he's really childish. I think Luke is pretty childish as well, and it's going to take a while for them to gel. And the Pelicans, it just it's just not time. The whole team is young. They have a lot to figure out. And it's not even Zion. It's it's a coaching thing. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. Uh, uh, let's jump to Justin. Let's get this conversation. Oh, Schubert, let, since me and you both picked the Mavericks, why do you like the Mavericks? Well, I like the Mavericks. Uh, well, all the same things that you said, but I do like, you know, in the offseason getting a little bit of players who have some playoff experience and that can shoot the ball like Seth Curry. Um, and, you know, and then you have uh, Dwight Powell, who has, you know, playoff experience. He's been on the team forever. He's, uh, you know, a solid guy to come off the bench. You know, they, it, it's more of like I feel that the Mavericks aren't complete, but they're a little bit more put together than your Kings and your Pelicans. I'm kind of with you on that. I definitely think that in the sense of they have, okay, so their two stars are the European Kobe and Shaq, as I like to call them. Doncic and Porzingis, you have DeLon Wright, who's a solid PG, to a scoring PG to have when Luka wants to play make. You know, Jalen Brunson's also around there, and he's been Back playing really up, well. Backup, young guy. You have Tim Hardaway Jr., more shooting. Seth Curry, more shooting. Justin Jackson is a shooter. You have the veteran J.J. Barea, and like you said, Dwight Powell and Boban being coming from playoff experience with with Philly, I just think they have a, a a more complete team than the other two. Like you said, I think they might be one piece away from making that push to being higher than an AC. Justin, let's get to you. Why on God's green earth do you have the Lakers at two? Why? Why not number? Really? Why not number one? That's the question. <laughs> That's the real question. To be honest, I mean, look at look at the roster. Like they have every single thing a team can want. Like they have size. Just until we look at the roster, they have two stars. They have shooting. Like what are they missing? They have a bench. They're missing. They're missing a team. Like they only have two. Wait, no. If you watch that game last night, there's no. Don't even get into it. There's no way. Let me stop you. See, you guys have to realize, man. Team chemistry is everything. Like they don't. I'm not denying it. It won't take long. My question to you is, if it's not LeBron and Anthony Davis, then who? Because I don't think Danny Green's doing that consistently in the regular season. Oh, I'm but you think to... Fred Van Viet will for some reason. <laughs> oh, I think, I, I think Danny Green can, though. I think mm-hmm. he can, With too. LeBron, I don't, I don't think he can. average at least 15, 20. This is 15 like, or 20, not 20. I'll, t- I'll tell you, look, real quick. I'll tell you this about last night with the Lakers. I, my take is this. The Clippers added Kawhi and Paul George. The Lakers got a brand new team. That's the difference. So the Lakers are going to have to take time to gel. And if you think LeBron's going to be scoring only 18 points a game, you must be out your mind. Anthony Davis, they're all going to do better. It's just going to take some time. I mean, you know, that's just, I could tell in the preseason, it, it, it takes time. Whenever you got a brand new team, it takes time. Even whenever LeBron went to Miami with Dwayne Wade the first year, I remember the first 20 games, they were like 11 and 9. Everybody's like, what's going on? Chemistry takes time, but as long as the Lakers make it to the playoffs, that's all that matters. They could be in the eighth seed. They just have to make it to the playoffs. I'm not saying they're not making the playoffs. I'm just saying why he got them at two, because my thing is with all of this, when your GM's coming out and saying that Contavious Caldwell Pope is God sent, there's a problem. He's nice. Man, he likes some bullshit sometimes. What do you mean? Wait, Justin just said he's nice? He's a bucket. Yo, you 
gonna bring it out of me. He's gonna bring it out of me. Yo, don't, don't, don't you dare talk to me about Contavious Caldwell Pope. That effing buster. He is he had a, bad, no he had a bad game last night, man. He is a chump. Also, on top of that, y'all are too big. Y'all have too many centers. Who is a guard on this team? But like Avery Bradley, I don't see nothing coming from him. They're gonna make some trades. They're gonna make He's some trades. We both know players. this. Oh, all right. Well, I, I'm with you on that, Julian. I, I can I can uh, uh, entertain the conversation of them making some trades. But if you're telling me they're going in the playoffs with this roster, hell no. Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, about- Javale McGee, Quinn so- Cook, Avery Bradley. Caldwell Pope, that's what you're defending right now as a team. Hey, hey, you know what? I'll, look, I'll defend Quinn Cook. I used to shit on Quinn Cook 24 7. I didn't think he belonged in the NBA, honestly. But you know what? Over the years, he kind of proved me wrong. He played big and he plays big in the playoffs. That's what you want. You want a player who's not afraid to shoot and can make a shot in the playoffs. He's Good. one of those players. He doesn't get spooked by the big lights. I, I'll give you he that. He's a solid backup. He's a Rajon, solid backup. Rajon Rondo is past his prime. We saw oh, that. No, 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 no. It, there's Rondo and there's playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo is untouchable. We all know this. Whenever he has his yep. mindset and he wants to play, you cannot. Like, I'll argue that. About the Are these drinking playoff from the, the youth? Do we not think age will come into the factor with LeBron James and Rondo at any point in time? And, like, they're just going to be playing forever. That's this why they get the coast throughout the season. Well, this is like the first time that I don't even feel like LeBron's the best player on the team after what, like, I feel like, you know, he's LeBron, but I mean, like, he's back half LeBron, and I feel like AD's like prime AD. AD's a top three player in the league. So, I mean, it gives him a little bit of cushion. I mean, I have the Lakers at four. I think they're going to do what it takes to get home field, Uh, but I I don't know how far they get in the playoffs. I mean, I even take that Lakers. Ooh, what? We'll, we'll talk about. Oh, oh my gosh! We'll, we'll, they're winning a ring. We will it's get this, to that. This is the year they win a ring. Dear God! Oh wow! Give me a second to get to that. To that. <laughs> that point. Anthony Davis. <laughs> let me tell you what he did in the in the uh, second half last night. Just to show you, Lakers fans, what are you going to be getting from said top three player in the NBA? Which I look, ladies and gentlemen, I am not denying that he's not a top three player because Anthony Davis one hundred percent is. But when you get Anthony Davis, you get everything with him and let me tell you what you get with him let me go to the fourth quarter stats real quick my guy only had two points in the fourth in the in the fourth quarter last night only two he anthony davis is a guy that that scores his points early in the game and falls out by the second half if lebron james does not be lebron james of old come second half these guys will not win i well, am the thing is, look, now lebron doesn't have to do anything in the first half uh well last night we didn't see it from him I'm just, I'm just saying, I know it's one game, but I'm just thinking age will finally catch up to the King James and he will not be into the NBA finals this year. Uh, let's talk about real, let's, uh, let's jump to the Warriors. Cause we all seem to have the Warriors around five, six, seven. I'll start with Justin. Justin, what do you expect from the Warriors this season? I expect 40 and 50 balls from Steph Curry. To be honest, like I think like they'll be a good team, but I think like Steph Curry is gonna make this team run. The only reason why I don't think he he won't win MVP is because his team won't have a winning record. Like like they'll have a winning record, but you know like with when, like like when it comes to MVP, they they pick the best player in the team and the player who has the better team. So I feel like Steph Curry is gonna have an MVP season. DeAndre Russell is gonna have a solid season. He's gonna average twenty. And they're just going to be a solid team that's going to, you know, be six or seventh in the playoffs, five, six, or seven. 
to me with the with the Warriors, I see it as if Klay Thompson comes back in time for the playoff and is three fourths of what Klay was. This team is this team is this team is one of those teams that could potentially knock out a couple of teams. Like I think that Klay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, and Steph Curry are going to shock people. Whether or not Draymond Green, Draymond Green, of course, Draymond, of course, Draymond. But I think you can bring D'Angelo off the bench when Klay comes back, or you can start him with the lineup. But you you have multiple scoring options in terms of your secondary unit. Now the Warriors don't have enough depth to make it to the NBA Finals, but I definitely think they're one of those dark horse teams that can knock off a couple of people. Julian, you said, mm, what, what do you think of the Warriors? I think they have the potential to be a great team as always. You know, I'm never going to bet against Steph Curry, but, you know, I sit down and think, you know, everyone's calling LeBron old, and, you know, LeBron has a lot of miles on his body because he went to eight straight finals. Well, the Warriors went to... What four or five straight finals? Five. Stephen, five. Stephen Curry has a lot of miles on his body too. One one small little knickknack and injury. You know he could be a little fragile at times. He's got he hasn't been asked to carry the load for the past three years. Now they're asking him to do a lot without Clay Thompson. So I, I hope he could stay hundred percent healthy. And on top of that, with D'Angelo Russell, I think D'Angelo Russell is a tremendous player. He is, but he's still very childish, and I don't know how that's gonna work chemistry wise. I could just see Draymond Green strangling him <laughs> just for something like yeah. something stupid that he does or says. He's just not there yet, I don't think, in the head. And will it come? Who knows? But, I mean, we'll see. It's all going to be on health. I think Stephen Curry's going to have to, in order for them to do real well, he's going to have to put up 30-something points, 30 points a game, you know, which is possible with his shooting. I just, I just would hope. I hope to see that he stays healthy because he's going to be asked to carry a load that he's never had to carry before. And that's very true because we know he has weak knees. Schubert, I want to get to you about the Clippers. We all seem to have the Clippers at two. What do you think? I have makes... number one, actually. Well, Justin has number one. What, what do you think about the Clippers, Schubert? I think the Clippers are the only are, are the only top to bottom best team in the league. Yeah, I easily, easily. I mean, easily. I mean, and they have a, a solid coach who, with a pedigree of winning a finals. <laughs> Julian does not like Doc Rivers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, I mean, I have my own issues with Doc Rivers as well. But at this point, for the argument, Doc Rivers is not nice the worst name. coach to have. He got a good name. <laughs> <laughs> he Look, does. For me, with the Clippers, Doc I Rivers. I think the Clippers are, like you said, the, the top to bottom, hands down, best team in this league. Like when they, they're the team that you have defense in terms of multiple players on that floor that can guard multiple positions, from Patrick Beverly to Ka- Kawhi Leonard. When Paul George comes back, Montrez Harrell. You have let me pull up the rest of their defensive guys that I really like. Montrez Harrell. You Harkless. have Harkless, who's a, who's showing last night against the Lakers that he he's there for a reason. Uh, sure. I like I like Ivaka Zubac as the center to give them some size, and Landry Shaman adds shooting on top of Jamichael Green can guard multiple positions. But when it comes down to the Clippers, I just think they might have the best player on the planet in Kawhi Leonard. And when I saw Kawhi Leonard on the floor last night, it just the way he moved, in the way he picked his spots, in the way he chose, it was very Kobe esque. It was very. I don't want to say Jordan-esque because I didn't watch Jordan growing up and I don't like to use those comparisons, but I watched a lot of hardwood and classic games to see what Michael Jordan was about, and it looked very Jordan-esque. Kawhi Leonard made LeBron James look old, whether or not people want to admit that or not, but I just think the best player is in L.A., but he's wearing a Clipper uniform, 
And like we always said in this podcast before, talent, it was, the talent always ends up rising to the top and winning. And we saw that last year with Kawhi Leonard with the, with the Raptors, and he has a more talented team around him, another true star with him going into the playoffs. I really like the Clippers this season. Yeah, and I think a really good thing about – or a thing that we haven't really thought about because we haven't seen it yet – is the whole Paul George factor of it. And, I, you know, I think that that's going to really carry them at least to where we have them as high as they are. I think they're going to, you know, carry through the regular season pretty well. I think they're going to beat teams. I mean, I don't know but how well they're going to play together, to be honest. They they play the same sure. in a certain way. I just don't know how well they're going to play together. And the chemistry is going to be an issue for them to get on. Because, I but mean, Paul, you can George, say that for most Paul George is a little – I mean, yeah, but Paul George is a little – Injury prone, and then Kawhi has to take his little. I mean, game like off. you know, what about LeBron and AD's? Well, well, that's my and, whole thing. They and let me say this say to you about oh, it. Wait, just real quick, let me say this to you about uh, Kawhi's injury problems because him and Uncle Dennis came out and said that this is the first time in years that he's a hundred percent healthy. There's no minutes restrictions, and we're finally gonna get Kawhi. That was with the Spurs. Supposedly, that's from their mouths. I'm just letting you know in terms of his nickname. One bit whatsoever. They're already talking about him only playing 65 games. I have no idea where he thinks he is. Like he's the only one that's not running without injuries. LeBron's been to eight straight finals. You ever hear him complain like Kawhi? Could you imagine if Kawhi went to eight straight finals, which he won't do? The he he played 40 games a year, maybe. Okay, he's a he's a baby when it comes to the injuries. That's why I hate like he he really ruined that whole Spurs organization, exaggerating a thigh bruise. Amari Cooper had a thigh bruise in the Jets game. He got out for the Jets game. He only played like one series. He comes back the next week for the Eagles to go. Five receptions, 106 yards, had a thigh bruise, and he plays football and has to run full speed with pads on. Kawhi has to sit out 76 games or something like that. I don't want to hear it with him and his load management. Of course, he did well in the playoffs last year. He was fresh while everybody had to play. But, I mean, other than that, I just – because, you know, Paul George coming off of two shoulder surgeries, he has other problems as well, you know, with the leg. And I don't know how much – like, how many games are they actually going to play together on the floor at the same time? You know, that's what I think. I I know AD and LeBron – I don't even want to call LeBron injury prone. He had one injury. Yeah, I was about to say y'all got it. Y'all got it. But you know, you know how AD is. You know how AD is. But they always want to talk about who the Lakers are. Oh, they have injury problems. Well, fuck the Clippers do too. Lou Williams ain't that young. (laughs) But I will say this: in terms of guards and shooting outside of the main two stars, the Clippers do have more than the Lakers with a guy like Lou Williams, Landry Shamit. Even Mo Harkless can knock down a jumper better than Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah. Look, that's just how I look. I'm that was one bad it. night. Go ahead and defend him, Justin. That was one bad night. <laughs> Wait, Montrez Harrell? No, uh, wait, my, uh, And Montrez Harrell's a dog, too. So oh, I'm just okay, th- okay, okay, okay. They have a lot of scores on that Clippers team. Uh, Real quick, before we pick, tell you our finals, let's talk about – I want to talk about two more teams. Uh, Let's talk about the Rockets. What do we expect from the Rockets? I'll go to you, Justin. Do you think the Rockets – are one of those teams that's caught in the middle? Do you think they're the team that could lead the pack, maybe make it to the playoffs and lead, potentially pushing for NBA Finals? Just talk to me what you expect from the Rockets this year. They're a Finals team. They're highly underrated. They have two players in their prime, and I love the fit around them. Like they don't have a like they they have a big man, but they don't have a true big man. They have shoes around them, so 
Like the lane's gonna be wide, somewhere spacing. They could just drive to the basket, drive and kick. They can go one on one. Like the the personnel for them fits their style of play. So it won't so it won't shock me if they make it to the finals. To to be honest, I mean they have two guys who could who could average thirty apiece. Yeah, and my, look, my with, I have them at four. Shooting. I have them at four, and, yeah, and the sorry, only reason why I don't have them higher is just because I, 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 the chemistry issue. Will one of them out of the two, Harden or Westbrook, and and more more than likely it has to be Westbrook. Will one of them sacrifice their game? And if one of them sacrifice their game, I truly believe this team is deadly for the sense that they have two stars with a complete team around them. Eric Gordon, as much as I don't like him, he's a Ugh. shooter. PJ Tucker is a shooter and defender. Daniel House is showing he's a shooter, young boy who's getting better. Clint Capella is a solid center that's only there to grab rebounds and dunks. And then you have Ben McLemore, whatever you may feel about him, another shooter, and then a defender in Thabo Cephalosha, Austin Rivers, as well as Tyson Chandler. This is a complete team. I, I, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, they are. And my thing with them is it comes down to can Russell Westbrook become that guy that takes a step back but can put it on when need be and can James Harden finally get over the hump. Julian, what do you think of the Rockets? Uh, I think the Rockets can be the most deadliest team in the Western Conference and sneaky as well. The only problem is that if they lose, they beat – every time – you ever notice every time the Rockets lost last year in the playoffs, it's because they beat themselves. Yeah. They find ways to lose. Other, yeah. well, you don't have to find a way to beat them. You just have to wait for them to mess up. The same thing is going to happen. And the way they do it – you you know how they, James Harden kind of comes up small in the playoffs, and Russell Westbrook does because he misses everything. It's because they spend the whole time during the regular season chasing stats and getting thirty some points a game whenever they don't need to do it. That by the time it comes to the playoffs and everyone turns up the defense, they're exhausted. And I feel like that's the same exact thing that's going to happen this year. So you know if they could find a way to pace themselves throughout the regular season, that'd be great. But me and you both know they're not going to pace themselves during the regular season. And, so. and that's my thing. They, they got to play for each other. They got to – one has to sacrifice their games on some nights to let the other get theirs. And then what that is, you have two men. You're not doing it by yourselves. And I know James Harden had Chris Paul, but let's, let's be honest. Chris Paul is not – right now, not as explosive as Russell Westbrook, not doing what he can do defensively as well as putting effort on the offensive end. You can go nights where James doesn't have to get 40 every night, back to back to back. And like Julian said, have rest for the playoffs, and he can rely on Russ. Same thing with Russ with Harden. Schubert, I want to move to another team, ask you what you think about the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz, I have them surprisingly pretty low. Same. Because because they are they are a pretty good team, but I just don't know, like, I just don't know if, if, my, if uh, Mitchell is... Mitchell and Ready. Gobert. I don't know. I don't know. Mitchell and Gobert are the duo of this duo group that is going to carry them over the hump. You know, I mean, I just, I don't, I, everyone else, like, you have this feeling behind them that they're like, you know, this is, this is it for them. They, they're going to get a finals. Like, I, you know, Harden and Westbrook, like, those two are MVP guys. Like, that's a power duo. You know, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is last year's NBA champion. Paul George is a guy who's always been trying to get to LA to win a title and he's on the Clippers now. So good for him. And, um, then you, what? So I just don't know if that duo is better than any of those duos. I don't, you know, LeBron KD, the nug, the nuggets team nuggets have a absolutely ridiculous team. Yeah. So, we'll get to them in a second. 
My thing with, with Utah is I'm kind of with you. Does Mitchell take the step, the next step over the hump? And on top of that, is Mike Conley gonna be the Mike Conley that he was in Memphis or is he old Mike Conley? Because I I I if I'm gonna call out LeBron with age, I gotta talk about Mike Conley's age as well. That's something that I question. Is this team as good of a team as we think? I know they have Joe Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. But besides Donovan Mitchell, who can honestly create their shot in clutch moments when it's time to be net when it when rubber hits the road. It, I mean, can Mike Conley do that? We have to see. Rudy Gobert can't shoot outside the paint and, and outside two feet close to the paint, if we're being completely honest. And then, on top of that, Bogdan and Joe Ingles need other people to create for them. I like this Utah team, but the Utah team has to show me before I can rely, before I can pick them, and Donovan Mitchell has to show me he can take that next step. Let's talk about uh, Denver real quick, and then we'll talk about the Trailblazers, and then we'll get our picks or we could talk about the Pels for a little bit because that, that's our home team. But let's talk about Denver. Uh, Schubert, I'll come back to you. What's your thoughts on Denver? I mean, I just think that Denver has one of the best players in the league right now in Jokic. In Jokic or Jokic. How are we saying it? Jokic? Yeah, it's Jokic. Okay. And, you know, Millsap has been a solid veteran for that for that team. He's been very good defensive defensively. And then you have... What Murray Harris, who are playing good basketball on the bench, we're gonna have Michael Porter finally healthy, ready to go. Yeah. What is he gonna do this year? Uh, so uh, Beasley. Yeah, I agree. There's with just you. a lot. There's just a lot of really solid players, and then they have just a lot of guys that are good enough to play, which just gives them a lot of depth. I mean, they're just gonna be able to give a lot of people minutes, which is gonna yeah. be able to rest their stars until the playoffs. Denver's this team that has enough depth to make the one seed. The question is, does Denver have that killer when it comes to the playoffs? And I wanted the Pels to take Jamal Murray when they had the chance. They did not. They went with Buddy Healed. I believe- you know how I was, I was planning on telling you that. I was so mad when they took Buddy Hield over Jamal Murray. <laughs> Me too. I, I think Jamal Murray has a shot to be a real killer in this league. The question is, this year is this year his year to make the Nuggets a legitimate threat? I don't know if that's the case. As well as having Michael Porter Jr. finally healthy, how does he do? I see the Nuggets more of taking another lump this year, but I see them next year being the true team we think they are. Julian, what do you think of the Nuggets? I think they're going to be the number one seed because... They have a bunch, one of the youngest rosters in the NBA. They're a fully complete team, and they like to run, except Jokic. But because they like to run and they live in Denver with an elevation of 5,200 feet, they're going to run a lot of people out of the building. So home court advantage is almost instant for them. And, uh, I mean, it's a good, solid team. They're well coached, and I think Jamal Murray gets better and better every year. Yeah. You know, so I have no I, problem I, with them being number one. Like I said, with the seeding, in the Western Conference, anything goes. It doesn't matter where you see it. As long as you make it to the playoffs, anything goes. That's why I have Utah, like, number three or number four. I think they're a really good, solid team. They could seed high, but they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs, you know. So, I think Denver making it over the hump. Not this year. They have too many talented teams in the, uh, in the Western Conference. I could see the, the Lakers or the Clippers beating, beating them. Denver saying me too. And yeah. I, I think I think it comes down to Jamal Murray and Jokic. Well, Jokic is a star. It comes down to is Jamal Murray his second option? Are they a true duo in this league? Because they didn't want to trade for Anthony Davis because they believe Jamal Murray's a star. So if he is, let's see it this year. 
Justin, let's talk about Portland, me and you. I actually have Portland higher than I thought. You had them lower. What are you seeing from Portland this year, Justin? I mean, <clears throat> I have Portland at number seven because I just think that the other – well, finishing seventh uh, going into the playoffs just because I think, like, every other team is just they, – they, they're just, they're just going to play better than them throughout the season. But it won't shock me if Portland makes it to the Western Conference Finals because uh, Damian Lillard and uh, McCollin, those are two game-time game time players. I mean, we've seen last year what they can do in the playoffs. So, I mean, like, Portland's always solid every single year. It's just about, you know, how far Dame and how, how, how good, how great can Dame and McCollin, how great can Dame and McCollin be? And... In the, and I know they got white side now, so it's just about how great they, they can be and how good the supporting cast can be. And I think I, if, the, if the supporting cast is good, you know, they can go as far as Dame and uh, McCollin can take them. That's kind of why I have them three, because I, I, out of all the years that Portland can maybe get over the hump, this might be the year. It's the year of the duos, and they have a solid duo with Dame and CJ, but the question is who helps them? Adding Hassan Whiteside is good for boards and, and points, but who's that other guard that steps up off the bench? I like the addition of Kent Bazemore as a scorer. I like the addition of Mario Hazonia. They still have Rodney Hood. Can one of those three guys, as well as Afrene Simmons, can one of those guys step up and be that secondary scorer for the second option to where when McCullum and Dame get off the floor, they're not going to just die because their two best players aren't on the floor. That's what I see with Portland. That's kind of why I have them at three. Just everything I'm hearing from Dame in the offseason, like Julian said, people that don't speak uh, kind of are saying what they're doing. They're working. Dame is a hard worker. So is McCollum. And when they do speak, you need to listen. And I think this might be the, the year of any year for them to get them if they do get them. But I just don't know if they have enough in the, the team department to take it over. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. A really yeah. good comparison between the Portland Trailblazers right now is the Warriors. They're pretty much almost built the same way. You know, Draymond Green, I'd give a little bit more credit to, but I, I don't, you know, they they do have some solid guys on the bench, but I mean, uh, I at the end of the day, like, yeah, I think they probably did reach their peak. Like at the end of the day, like how much better of a player is Kent Bazemore than like some of the other guys on the bench in the West? I mean, Mario Zonia, if he proved anything last year with the Knicks was that he's trash. So... <laughs> The white J.R. Smith. <laughs> but, like, it's weird because, like, like regular season, I have them, you know, pretty low. But as far as, like, play, like, like y'all know that playoffs are just a different beast. And I just think, like, playoff-wise, I think they're, like, the fifth best team. I think it's the Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Warriors, and Portland. Just because, like, those two, as far as star power, they have the best, like, top five star power, better than Jazz and the Nuggets. That like, is they have true. two guys who's better that's than – true. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. I, I, you're not gonna hear no arguments out of me with that, and, and that's why I have them high. Cause I think they, if any year is their shot, it's this year. Like, if you're gonna get it any year, you gotta get it this year. Cause if not, you're not gonna get it any other time. Like, this is the best you'll get. And Julian might be right. They might have hit their peak last year. We shall come to find out this year. Let's talk Pelly's real quick. Look, that game last night. If that showed me anything, Alvin Gentry will have the hottest seat. Not just hot, his seat will be blazing because, my God, those lineups he put in were all absolutely atrocious. I get Josh Hart's the hot hand. I get you have to play him. But what's a lineup like this? Why aren't you playing this lineup? 
Why not a Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and insert center, whether it's Melly or Favors? Or why are you not doing uh, a small lineup of Reddick, Hart, Lonzo, Drew, Ingram? Like, it, it, do something. Like, the lineups he was putting in did not seem to work at the time. Even Jaleel Okafor should have been playing more. Why in overtime are you going to play Favors and Lonzo after you didn't give them any playing time for the entire, almost damn near the second half? After Lonzo played pretty damn good in the first half, I get he was his spacing might have been off because he was staring out in the space. But when he when he had the ball in his hands, he was effective. And for these guys to grow, he has to play. You have to play him. You cannot just sit him on the bench. I do not like what Gentry has shown me in game one, and it questions me to where we're going to have to go in the future. And this might be something that David Griffin's going to have to make a call on. I know, Julian, you wanted to speak on this. I'll let you. The floor is yours. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. The lineups were absolutely ridiculous. He had J.J. The, the score was tied up. You had the veteran three-point shooter that you paid. How much, You know how much they paid. Like, what, yeah, a fortune like, 17 million or something like that? Maybe maybe even 20-something million. 26 million or something like that? You paid, you paid for that. He didn't play the whole fourth quarter until two minutes left. Well, what kind of sense does that make? But you had Alexander and, and everyone else out there. And on top of that, don't even get the Lonzo Ball situation. You don't play on the whole fourth quarter, and then you have the nerves to go put him in in the start of overtime. He's not warm. That's how injuries happen. That's yeah. how he got injured. In, in, in Los Angeles, Luke Walton would play him and then rest him for, like, a whole quarter, then have him play again. I mean, and, you know, you have to overexert yourself, try to get warm in a hurry so you can hurry. It was like, ooh, they're not playing me that much. I need to go make a statement. And then you end up doing more than you should do. You end up hurting yourself or being a detriment to the team by doing something, you know, you're not ready to do. On top of that, my last thing about the Lonzo Ball thing, he didn't play him in the fourth quarter. He might have a good reason, but it's the first game. You're not. There's a good chance, you know. You guys may think the Pelicans are going to the playoffs this year. There's a good chance they won't go. We 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 know the downside. Like they're probably this ain't the year. Okay, go play. They have to learn somehow. I mean, great example. Whenever last year the AFC wild card, it was it was uh, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens versus San Diego Chargers. Lamar Jackson was playing absolutely horrible, so horrible to where Joe Flacco was warming up to go in. But they didn't let Joe Flacco go in, and they let Lamar Jackson sink or swim because he was going to have to be in that position again in the future. And now's the time to get all, to get it out of your system. You you gonna learn today? Well, it's the same thing with Lonzo. He was playing bad. Well, he's going to have to play it out of out of it. If you want, this may be the future franchise player of the organization. One of the or, franchise players of the organization. Play him. Let him learn. So I don't know what Gentry was thinking if he got over, you know, thinking that he knew more. I, I don't know. It, don't do it again. Yeah, he that's kind of a damn job. That's kind of my thing with it, man. You got to get your lineup secure because just from what I saw in game one, I wasn't very confident in his ability to make lineups. I like his coaching. The, the defense that Jeff Bizdelic has put in, great. I like Chris Finster's offense, great. I, I, it, it comes down to what you're doing is game managing. Who do you put in at the right time? That's something that I'm concerned with seeing the Pelicans go forward. And that's that's a, another reason why I don't have them going to the playoffs. Among, I think the Zion injury hurts them. I just don't think they're ready this year. But I think they will be a very exciting team that will end up with the ninth or 10th seed. Schubert, what are you expecting from the Pelicans this year? I think that the Pelicans have the sl- sleeper 
rookie on the rise. Probably gonna, he might make the second team rookie. I think Nikhil Alexander Walker, if he can get some good minutes, could contribute. He's going to be a guy that's going to have to learn. He's going to be a learning curve. And I'm kind of glad that Zion's going to get this little bit of time off. You're going to give a little bit more playing time to some of the other guys that aren't going to get that playing time when Zion comes back. So I, it, it's good. I think this is nice for the Pelicans. This is a rebuilding year. I think the city knows that. I think everyone in the building knows that. You know, we're, the Pelicans are setting themselves up for future endeavors. So the, the main factor here is getting, getting to, you know, like what you guys are saying, getting the lineups right, trying to figure out who's going to play together, who's going to work for the team. Uh, right now, looking at last night's stats, you know, Brandon Ingram's the leading scorer for the Pelicans. I wouldn't have expected that at the beginning of the season. So <laughs> it's just there's going to be a lot of things to work out and how they're going to want to play basketball in the future. Uh, but I think what's really good out of the first night was Melly. Just yeah. him coming out and playing really solid basketball is really promising. So I think that's that's a really good thing for the Pelicans as well. Look, I, I'm, I'm all about the new players. They're on the right path, man. I like what David Griffin's built. It's about can they execute. Like Schubert said, I don't think this is the year for them. I think next year, this year they show potential. Next year, can they turn that potential into some kinetic energy? And then by year three, it's like, all right, that kinetic energy has to turn into some momentum and try to get us to where we got to go. It's same thing with the, nug- the Nuggets. We saw how the Nuggets built, and that's how the Pelicans have to slowly build to that, that spot. We have the talent to do it. It's can we execute on the floor and get us to that point? Can the the coaching develop these players like they're supposed to be? Everybody said the Lakers did bad job developing guys like Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Lonzo Ball, where there was a whole new organization. Can these guys develop and reach their ceilings that they're supposed to and maybe even burst through their ceilings to expectations where people didn't see them? Let's get, uh, before we get the finals for the West, oh, let's get, oh, no, actually, let's get Wait, wait, I didn't do my my take on, on the Pelicans. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Justin. Yeah. I want to talk about the Pelicans right quick. Okay, last night, I thought they played pretty good. You guys talk about Lonzo. I think Lonzo had a Lonzo-like game. Oh, my they, God. They they, 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 I'm, not, I'm not trying to downplay. I'm just saying, like, they needed shooting. That's why he didn't play the entire game. The Raptors played a 2-3 zone because they knew that, you know, when he was on the floor, he wasn't going to shoot, shoot the ball well. So they went to shoot a shooting lineup, and Lonzo Ball wasn't in the game. And I think if they had uh, Zion, uh, Zion Williamson, they would have won that game. I think this team is good. I mean, you have Lonzo Ball, I think is a good player. Drew Holiday, J.J. Ray, Brandon Ingram, Derek Favors, uh, Alexander Walker, Etwan Moore, Jalil Okafor, Josh Hart, J.J. Gregg. Like, they have a deep team. Jackson Hayes, Frank Jackson. Like, they have a good team. I just think, like, once – once Zion comes back, I think they're going to be a very good team. I know, like, they're looking for the future, but I also think that they can be a playoff team now. They I don't, dis- look, game, like, I don't disagree with outside. you. Mm, I do. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here like, and they say have I... Shooting. They have everything, really. They have shooting. They have bigs. They just need experience. And, have, just... and that takes a while. And I hate to say this. I don't think Zion is good. Like, he's going to come back. I wouldn't be surprised if something else happens. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm not. I'm not trying to jinx him. No, I'm just being. I'm being 100 honest though. And then, like Schubert, you said, like you know how you like how he's taking this time off to to see other players, and I understand that. I'm worried about his weight right now, and you know he came don't in kind of out of shape. Don't tell me you're falling for the media. I'm not, hype falling, no, of I'm the not falling for the media hype of the weight, but I'm talking about him being in shape and being out of shape. He's not. Look, Zion's one. He's naturally. He's naturally a big person. Okay. 
these players go into rehab, a lot of them, and they gain weight. Like, naturally, big people are going to put on weight quick. He's not working out for six weeks or, you know, four, four to five weeks like he should be. He's he ain't the skinniest. He ain't not. He's not a slim person. He's a big boy. You know, but he, in that he, ain't, he ain't losing weight right now. I'll tell you that. I don't disagree with that point right there. But in that and that's why I don't think I, I don't think we see him till in the December, early January, because I don't think when you don't go pay for the best training staff in the NBA and get a guy like Aaron Nelson to say when he gets off a of rehab, if he's a little overweight, we're not going to work him out and get him right before uh, the season. And before he got injured, he w- he was in shape. So like you said, it was the preseason. And now it, will he put on that weight while he's recovering? I think th- I think the Pelicans are going to treat this with kid gloves. I don't think there- it's going to be like the Pelicans of old when someone got injured and we were using the Saints staff and, oh, we'll just hurry up and get him right. No, I think there's going to be a different look at all this. I'm not really concerned with Zion when it comes to Pelicans. I think he'll be okay. My questions lie elsewhere. But, Justin, to your point, I think, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. It's it's 50-50. It comes down to can they gel right away? Can those young guys be who we who we want them to be? And if they do that, well and good. If they don't, we have something to look forward to in the future. Let's get y'all's finals picks from the West. So sh- just to recap, Schubert has the Bucks going to the finals. I have the Sixers. Julian has the Sixers. And Justin has the Sixers. Let's start with Justin. Who do you have going to the finals in the West? I got the Clippers. Oh, that shocked me. I didn't think you were going to say the Clippers. All right, word I got up. The Clippers. Uh, Schubert, who you got going to the finals in the West? I also have the Clippers. Oh, I also have the Clippers. Uh, Julie, who you got? The Lakers. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Why, why you got the Lakers? It's, it's, if there's a time You're to do it. You're all around team, right? No, it's not just, it's, it's time. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with the team. It's time. Like LeBron went there. AD is there. They got a new coach. They got a bunch of new players. It's time. Like, right now is the best time because they get a year older next year. Right now is the best time for LeBron. If they and don't, I'm not is it a failure? Huh? If they don't win, is it a failure? Then the whole uh, LeBron's career won't be a failure to me because he's done so much with so oh, no, little. No, no, no. Not no, LeBron. No. Oh, the, whole the LA experiment. Yeah, the LA experiment season this season. Would that be considered a failure? Yeah. Okay, that so. worked. at least you're. I'm glad you're honest. Finals are bust. It's 100 finals are bust. The Clippers, the Clippers can miss the finals this year. It's not gonna be a big deal because I they get their new that. arena next year. The Lakers' finals are bust. Yeah, because you know, I, I I I like that point. I, I'm glad you said that because I agree with that. If they don't make the finals, it, it is a failure this year, 100. And I think if the Clippers don't make the finals, it's not as big of a failure as if the Lakers did. I think the Clippers have a little more room. To, uh, I think the Clippers have to win it at least by the next year or Kawhi may leave. But I think the Clippers are in a better position than the Lakers right now in terms of pressure and expectations to win it. So Justin's finals is Clippers versus Sixers. My finals is Clippers versus Sixers. Schubert's finals is Bucks versus Clippers. And Julian's finals is uh, Clip, uh, is Lakers versus Sixers. Let's get our quick MVP picks. I'll start with Justin. Justin, who's your MVP of the NBA this season? My MVP is going to be Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, interesting. Why you have Kawhi? Kawhi. Yeah, give me your whys, too. I think, I mean, I think they, they're going to have the best record in the NBA. I have him at number one. I think he's the best player in the NBA. Best, they're going to have probably the best record and best player. Last year, they're going to probably have I mean, yeah, best, best, best record, best player. 
All right, I dig, I dig. Uh, Schubert, who's your MVP, even though I know you hate this award? Uh, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Ooh, I, yo, I like that pick. I really do. That's not a bad pick. Make a finish first in the East. If he stays healthy, that's really not a bad pick. That's yeah. that. Why you got Joel? Uh, well, my thing, my knock on Kawhi is that I don't think he's going to play a lot of games this season. I think Me that's too. like he's only I think that's going to count against him. Yeah, so you know, I think Joel Embiid is you know the best player for probably the team that's going to make it to the finals. For you know, in a lot of y'all's opinion, uh, and I, I think that he just dominates his position in a way that's just different than everybody else, and it's just going to be hard for a lot of the teams on his side of the his side of the uh, America to guard him. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, they're going to put up the, he's going to put up so much numbers. It's going to yeah. be insane. Especially since the only defensive stopper in the East that, that seemed to stop Embiid is now on his team. So, yeah, it's, it seems like Embiid's going to have free reign. Julian, who's your MVP, my brother? Giannis, because uh, he's going to put up the same amount of numbers. He's carrying his team. I don't think his team got better. He's going to have to be Superman every night. Yeah. The same way James Harden was in Houston, the same thing he's going to have to do in uh, Milwaukee. Be Superman, score thirty some points a night to win, and he could do it with ease. No, that's not a bad pick. None of you guys' picks are bad picks. I actually, Schubert is funny. Joel Embiid was kind of in. It was number two in my. I was I was teetering between Joel Embiid and the guy. I'm gonna say, I'm going with Steph Curry, and I know Justin kind of explained why he thinks he could get it, but why he doesn't. I think Steph Curry is gonna put up incredible numbers. I think he. I think the fact that if he can get his team to a seed of fourth or fifth in the West with the incredible numbers that he puts up. I think that in being but that he's... What, what, what can he but, add? Like, what should he average? He's, like, he's, he's, he's going to average... average he's going to average between 25 and 30 points as well as this is what's going to get it for him. It's the 8 to 10 assists that I think he's going to get on top of getting that team to the fourth or fifth seed and being media-liked because you got to think the media votes for MVP. Steph Curry's liked by the media. If he if they see him taking a Golden State team that just lost Kevin Durant, that lost Klay Thompson, that's rebuilding, that lost on top of those two, Sean Livingston and uh, Andre Iguodala, who are big parts of the team, and if they see Steph Curry carrying this team, I could see this him getting his third MVP. I'm going with Steph. My dark horse is Luka Doncic, lo and behold, because I think he's going to put up numbers. But I don't know if this is his year yet. Uh, so, yeah, ladies and gents, that's our... That's our finals uh, breakdown, our, our NBA preview, our way, way too early stuff. We will be covering the NBA more and more as the season continues. Uh, let's start off with Justin. Justin, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Hey, you guys can find me on Twitter, Justin Batiste 22 uh, I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. <laughs> Why are you at Linden? I'm just this is funny, bro. You always say you Snapchat. Have trying, to, man. Have trying to get to. these ladies to check out his snap. Oh my I god. I say that. <laughs> That's all, what, uh, all, all business. All business. <laughs> That's a, that could be and a pussy business. too. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Julian. Julian, tell the people they can guys. Julian, tell the people they can find you at on social media. Find me on on uh Twitter at JujuNav, J U J U N A V. Uh, I'll piss you off. Go ahead and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he will. <laughs> Schubert, tell the people they can find you at on social media. You can find me on social media at hschubert14 on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to the Bros Who Binge podcast every week. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what we're talking about this week, but we're gonna yeah, have a big pitch we... it match. So, 
Yes, you do. Ooh, big pitching match this week. Yeah, and Madison and Schmidt. And uh, listen to my radio show on WGSO 990 AM New Orleans Sunday at seven o'clock. Call in because I'm going to tell you why Louisiana is going to have the best winner ever. Ooh, okay. He's talking about college football. He didn't get to talk, talk college football this week, so be sure to check him out on the show, The Bench, to find out which Hubert, which hot take does he have this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me at uh, LynnBWT on Twitter. Follow the Birds You Think at Birds You Think on Twitter. Be sure to check out all the content dropped by the BWT Network this week. Uh, Charles and Josh are doing a preview for the Auburn game. Be sure to definitely check that out, the Auburn LSU game. Check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk because we did – uh, give you our panel what we talked about at our panel and that's out right now as well as check out bros who binge at some point this week more than likely Saturday if not Sunday but be sure to check that out and you can listen to me on the radio every day from 2 to 6 on 107.9 in the Acadiana Lafayette area but other than that you guys have a great great weekend for Julian for Schubert for Justin for Doom my name is Lennon you guys have a great great weekend Enjoy yourselves and be safe. Until next time, peace.